Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. With the American Broadcasting System. If this was an actual emergency. Andy, would you be able to pass this test? <laughs> I'm good at tests. Okay. All right, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. All right. And now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is episode 175. Ask and you shall receive. All right. All right. All right. Excited about this one. I'm excited. I didn't ask anything, though. Well, not you. No no. one cares about what you want to ask. What I'm talking about our listeners. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Let's first uh, go over our week. Uh, How's everyone's week been? Great. Busy. Nice. Mine was great. I'll go first since I didn't do anything. I planted some corn. Nice. And I almost finished this T Rex 600N that I've been working on for three and a half months. Oh my God, dude. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin? <laughs> no, th- that's Andy. Oh, oh, oh sorry. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> I heard so much shit for taking my time and putting a 550 together. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait. Oh, we were discussing that earlier before you jumped on the call. How long <laughs> did it take you to build that helicopter? Probably, I don't know what it was. A month? Realistically. Two months? I don't even remember. No, how. it's way more than that. Three months? You got you got it like late, like late summer, fall area, right? You got it around that time, right? Oh, I can tell you exactly when I got it because I have a picture of it on my doorstep. But I think- I'll, I'll tell you this. It took me more time than it takes you, Steve, to build anything, but less time than it takes Jeff to put an FT racer together. <laughs> yes. So somewhere in between, there, somewhere between <laughs> three days and four years. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good uh, question, though. I'll have to look because I don't remember. I don't remember when the hell I tried to maiden that, though. Did we take video of it or something? Maybe I can match up the days. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, you made it, and it was like, I don't know. It was, it was 2019, definitely. Yeah. I want to say, like, February, maybe. Was it? It's okay. not been that long. Might be. I have to go back and listen to the shows. It's probably on that. Yeah, or just look know. at the show notes, because uh, yeah, be yeah, quicker, because you'll, you'll know. But I thought it took you over six months. You think but so? I, I could months? be mistaken. It might I have. Just, you know, I might just be in it might have felt like six months to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah, so, you 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 almost got it done, or you finished it? Uh, almost finished. Ah. Well, the problem is I keep finding things that need attention. True, know? true. It's an old model, been sitting around for four or five years. So yep, yeah. I just kept finding little things that would probably be okay, but like shim the the tail gears on both ends. They were. Had a little more lash than I would like, and put new right. bearings in. So, what well, you know how it is. Yep. Everything just so, turns into a bigger job. Oh, I know exactly how it is. No, you no, no. You, you take don't. the entire thing apart. No, sorry, Kevin, but you don't because you had a brand new kit. There is no like. But I have to. Put is the, this wrong or that wrong? You have to take <laughs> into consideration the amount of time per week that I have to work on it too. I mean. If I had an open week, maybe it would have been done in three months <laughs> 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 and <All> not <right>. six. 
I've only really worked on this thing like three days. I just spread those three days over like yeah. four yeah. weeks. Yeah. I said. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, Anything else? That, no, I hadn't done shit. Did you fly at all? Nope. Oh, geez, dude. No fly. No buy. Oh, boy. No see him. I didn't see him. I told you I hadn't done anything. You could have have sent for two minutes and we would have been like, okay. At least he said. Yeah, but I didn't and I'm not a liar, so. Mm -hmm. I would never call you a liar. You just called me a liar. Liar. When? Huh? I don't know. Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Can't mess around with an old guy like that, man. My memory's shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can only remember shit from the you 70s. Told me, yeah, remember when you told me he was going to give me a hundred bucks? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm still yeah. waiting. I'm still waiting for my check. No, I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Memory starts working good when there's money involved. Huh? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and so do I. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. So, you want me to go next, Steve? Yeah, go for it. Well, I had a great day of flying on Saturday. Went early Saturday morning. I had some stuff to do Saturday night. Plus, the Mm -hmm. rain was coming in and stuff. But, dude, I really experienced a good time at the field. We went out to the field, Steve and I, and there was nobody there, which, number one, shocked. Yeah, it was just you, me, and Mike. That was it. And one quad guy. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, and it was a beautiful day. Not a cloud in the sky. It really wasn't too windy. It was a little gusty here and there, but not bad. Not bad at all. And I flew the Oxy-4 bunch of times and flew the 690 a bunch of times you know i'm getting more comfortable and shit's starting to click like i'm actually putting stuff in different orientations and trying to get out of it or whatever you know but uh dude i also brought the oxy 3 which i haven't flown i don't know in like a year maybe mm-hmm. at least nine months and i charged up a couple batteries on that stupid thing and i put that thing up in the air and i was just beating the snot out of it man and just like having so much fun. The last like two flights I did was the Oxy Three, man, and just so much fun. Like I, when I landed, I literally was pointing at the helicopter, going, "And that's the reason why I keep you. <laughs> that's the reason why I still have you." Because it was just <laughs> I was just beating the crap out of it, just getting crazy stuff. You know, just it was it was fun. I really had a good time with it. Stuff's definitely starting to click. You know, not worried about crashing as much. Feeling more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not pucker all the time. You know. And uh, got the uh, tail rotor part in from England already. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. cool. And I checked it out, and it's, um, I What's mean, the I, brand? I have I you... no idea what it is. Oh, you still don't know after you got it? <laughs> like, there's just a package, and it's in a, you know, it's in a clear bag, you know? Oh, um, so it's like a clone but, or something, huh? Yeah, I got to look at it, because it's definitely, like, he didn't machine it himself. It's definitely something that probably just fits. But you take hmm. out the, um, it's got the plastic slider. You take out the brass slider that threads into the, the you know the one on the logo. This is for the 550, and so you have the slider and you have the two little arms. Then you have the the grips, and the whole you know the the shaft and the the bearings and everything. I'm gonna put that together and, um, and try it out this weekend. Hopefully, see what happens. I'll have an update for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you get the entire tail, like the hub and the grips and everything, or do you reuse? No, you get the hub, the grips, everything. It's all put together, which, I, of course, I took apart to 
lock that yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, interesting. And you get the slider piece that, like I said, it's plastic, mm-hmm. but it has to it has to thread. You thread it in. You thread okay. the the brass part in from your old one, and the sliders okay. are definitely. It's not ball links. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like two bolts that have a sleeve on them. Mm-hmm. So they. You know, that's okay, different. Cool. That's probably what really makes the difference. Either that or the uh, the bearings themselves. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Cool. I hope it I'm fixes a- it. Yeah, so I'm, I hope it fixes it too, man. I'm going to yeah. fly this thing some. So what have you been up to, Steve? Yeah, I mean, pretty much kind of the same thing. Uh, I had planned Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday was a wash because, I mean, first of all, it was Mother's Day, but then beyond that, it was just rainy and shitty all day. Yeah. So Saturday, went out to fly, and I basically had, like, three hours, like, well, less than that. I had to leave by, like, one thirty, and I think I got there around 11-ish or 10.30-ish. So yeah, I guess probably had about three hours. Um, I flew to Goblin 500. I had four packs of that, flew that. I flew my Goblin Black Thunder. Um which I haven't flown in a while. At least it felt like I haven't flown in a while. Yeah. I think it's because the last time I went flying, I flew the Nitro and the 500, and I left the electrics at home, or that electric at home. Um, so it was good. It was definitely good to get some flights on that, and I forgot how locked in and powerful that, that helicopter is. It's, you know, it's great. Um, and then, so I used to have four packs for my Goblin 700, but I took two of them and allocated now for the Kraken. So I flew the Kraken, and I actually only got a chance to do one flight just because I had to leave. Uh, you know, my my wife timer was going off, like basically, <laughs> and she was calling me <laughs> to get out of there. So, so um, yeah. So I basically did one flight of Kraken. I was like, okay, I'm gonna record this flight, and I recorded it, and it felt good. Um, you know, tail gains are still a little bit high. I definitely hear in the video any kind of maneuvers I do, you hear like a quick little whoo, whoo, you know, so a little yeah. chatter. Um, but it flew great and it definitely was quick, man. Those aileron TikToks, I was just stick banging. It was like, bah, 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 bah. like, you know, it would just go, it would do it. Um, cool. so it, you know, one thing though, it's like, I felt like I haven't flown at our field in a while. And I guess because, you know, flying at spring fling and, and just around, like, I just feel like it's been a while. So it felt really good to fly at our club, club field. And, you know, I've, I don't know if it showed in my flight, but I was using that whole field, that whole left to right. I was bouncing a helicopter everywhere and kind of flying it around. Um, so that felt very good, too. So uh, beyond that, I really haven't been doing anything else hobby related, per se. Um, just trying to clean up the garage and get things sorted. Um, so I need to make that T-shirt press machine that I'm trying to make. So kind of need to clear up some rooms so I could have a place for that when I get that built. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so that's really it for me. Um, I guess let's move it on to the main topic then. All right. The main topic. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. So this was actually something that you guys did. Um, you posted up well, when I wasn't around. I, was, uh, I think that was the week I went over to Montreal with the family. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys want to kind of go into the brainchild of this like what you wanted to what this what you wanted this to be yeah i think it was andy's idea i thought it was kevin's idea (laughs) he was like i really uh, did i thought kevin was like hey let's post up a thing to or maybe it was your idea and then i put it on facebook i don't know all right or maybe it's my idea (laughs) i don't know collaborated and we put a question out on facebook 
Yes. Or we put a post asking our listeners for questions mm-hmm. on what they'd like us to answer. Yep. And we got quite a bit here, man. I was looking yeah. at them. Pretty awesome. Yep. And I think Hildeflyer um, posted the yeah. same question it, on. The- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I reached out to David. Big thanks to him for doing the posting it up on the flight test forum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting us some questions from there as well. Thanks, thanks. Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. I uh, can't wait to see you at our fun fly. It'll be uh, good to catch up. Uh, hopefully you and Guam. Well, crap. I fucked up saying <laughs> Guillaume? Guillaume will be there. Yes. Guillaume, yes. I was about to say Gulami. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Glump. Glump. Guillaume. Yes. Because it was like half between. I knew it, was, it wasn't Gulami, but I, I knew it was the other one, but I just like, Ugh. okay. But anyways, uh, it'll be great to see you guys, uh, you know, and do some flying. So yeah, can't wait. So let's first start off with the flight test forum since we're talking about Dave here. Okay. And uh, well, I guess we'll just kind of switch off on the questions like I'll, I'll go first and then we can we'll all answer but we'll take turns answer, um, asking the question uh, let's see so Captain Video he wrote if an RC airplane hits a tree and nobody is there to hear it does it make a sound Captain Video Captain Video coming out of retirement to ask us a question <laughs> mm-hmm. alright so I mean it's that whole thing right like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there. Does it make a sound? I never understood that. Of course, it I, makes a sound. It makes a sound, but if no one's there to receive the sound, did it actually make a sound? It's like the freaking is the cat alive or dead in the box? That whatever yeah. that thing is. Schrodinger's uh, airplane. Schroding, yeah, Schrodinger's, <laughs> Schrodinger's airplane. airplane. Yeah, yes. Um, in my opinion, so this is just me. I it does make a sound, and it makes a pretty nice crunch sound. <laughs> that's like saying is the food still in your fridge when you close the door and the lights off you can't see it it's in total darkness how would you know it's there it's still there is it yes that's just another not in sense. my house well <laughs> <laughs> i got kids and then i close True. that door i open it up i'm like where the hell is my yeah. freaking soda <laughs> now the vodka is another whole nother thing i don't know what happens to that <laughs> uh, <laughs> but food yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely makes a sound, I think. Okay, what about you, Andy? <laughs> um, no, it does not make a sound. Mm. Uh, Can you elaborate? Why? Why not? No, I just want to be different. <laughs> okay. No, it just because that's the funny answer. Yeah. Does not make a sound. Okay. Doesn't, I guess no so. one would know if it did, if nobody's exactly. there to hear it. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, let's move it on. <laughs> Who's taking the next question? Me? Sure. All right. Space Helmet on, Captain Video. He says, what is the Goblin Kraken? Wait a minute. Right. Goblin released the Kraken? I had no idea. Release dude. the Kraken. I had or, no idea. Like Bill likes to say, because he got that from you, release the helm. Was was that the helicopter I was tripping over at Spring Fling? Because there were so many yeah, of them? there's so many of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, couldn't throw a cat without hitting a goblin kraken. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> steal <laughs> I'm gonna steal this from uh, someone else who posted this. Um, the goblin kraken is a FT goblin that made love with an FT kraken and produced a goblin kraken. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we know what it is. It's a helicopter. It's a new helicopter. It's SAB's new helicopter. Yeah, their flagship helicopter. 
newest newest kit. Newest of the new. Yep. The small seven hundred kit. Ain't no small seven hundred. It's a six ninety. Well, it comes with six ninety. It comes so with six ninety, but it small. can swing seven twenties. Uh, that's a whole nother episode, dude. <laughs> yeah. But mm. yes, it is a helicopter. Um, Andy, you gonna take the next one? Uh, yeah. Cyborg asks, if I fly FPV and crash into something hard enough to break my camera, will I get a black eye? <laughs> now, this is definitely true. Of course, you'll get a black eye. No, the answer, the correct answer is you will not get a black eye, but you will most likely jerk your head back far enough that you'll get a knot on the back of your head from the hitting the chip back of the chair. <laughs> you'll get whiplash? Yeah, you'll exactly. Get whiplash. Yeah, there you okay. go. <laughs> yeah, Crack have- your skull. I don't want to go down this road, but I don't. I don't want to plant any seeds. But I hope the government doesn't make the FPV guys start wearing Hans devices while they're flying those things. <laughs> right? So they don't cool race suits, helmets, you know, safety glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next one, then. <laughs> Thanks, Cyborg. Uh, Foamy DM. So he uh, he wrote quite a bit of questions here. I'll take a couple, and then we'll just kind of switch off. Okay. All right. So I just bought the Nano S, uh, Nano Two S or S Two, I'm guessing, uh, just before they mentioned it. It was this was my first one. Where should we noobs go to learn about maneuvers? Hmm. Um, uh, go, go to uh, what is that thing? The manual. Uh, no, no. I was gonna say go to uh, go to YouTube and look up Freddy Can Fly. So yeah, can you? That's a good resource. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of good, like, no collective hovering. So you learn to hover um, with by, like, not having to use your collective, your left stick to, you know, bail you out when your your helicopter starts to fall because you bank too much. So it just kind of teaches you very slow and gradual control over your helicopter mm-hmm. in a hovering state where you can move it around. Um, and then all the way up to pyro flips. So, like, and everything in between. So... He has tons of good videos on that. And just to kind of piggyback on that, I saw a recent post from Freddy that um, Freddy Cordovo, he's, uh, he's have, he now has some free time and he's coming back and he's going to do more videos and, mm-hmm. and, you know, help more people out. He's do, you know, he used to build helicopters and set them up for folks and then, you know, ship them out and like a service like that. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and just, just his overall videos and stuff was great. Like how to, Nice. How to do maneuvers, but also do like how to tune, set up, and stuff. Mm-hmm. One other resource, and I'm not sure if they still do it, but Real Flight used to have videos showing various maneuvers. Like Real Flight 7.5 had Todd Bennett and a couple other guys mm-hmm. doing all kinds of maneuvers. So you could watch the sticks and watch the maneuver in the sim over and over to get a feel for what's going on. Now, I don't know if they still do that with eight real flight eight or what, but you might check it out if you happen to have that sim. Yep. And also real flight has like awesome, like, um, hovering practice and other practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, that, uh, and they do helicopters and airplanes. You can learn mm-hmm. a lot of maneuvers. In yeah. Real I, was, I was joking around saying the manual, but if you don't, really know anything about it the manual will show you what the controls actually do uh but that's really step one of step a thousand you know yeah that's like really like 
prerequisites, <laughs> like step negative one. Like, yeah. You know Knowing what they do and doing something with it is two different things for sure. Mm-hmm. So what's the next one? What, what, what's- so let's move on to, uh, so, um, so what they are and how to start them. So I'm guessing he's talking about maneuvers, like what yeah, are they and mm-hmm. how to start them. Um, and this, this depends on the maneuver, right? Like let's just say forward flight, forward flight on a helicopter is all coordinated turns, rudder, there's no bank and yank. It's all coordinated turns. So you need to learn how to use both sticks at the same time doing, you know, elevator, aileron, rudder, and your collective, your your pitch. So things like that. I mean, it depends on the maneuver, but there's it's hard to say how to start them because most maneuvers, when you start getting to the 3D categories, there's a there's kind of multiple ways of starting them, you know? Yeah. It just, you know, because you can just kind of start them in any orientation, which will make the maneuver look different. So it's just, I mean, that's a very hard question. I think we probably need to um, get a little more clarification on that before we can give a solid answer. What do you guys think? Yeah? No, no I agree 100%. Yeah. A lot of the forward flight maneuvers, loops, rolls, mm-hmm. um, figure eights are basically just like an airplane, uh, except yeah. you've got to make sure you do it coordinated. Yep. And you do have to be aware of the collective, you know, positive or negative. Yes. So when you do a loop, you start the loop normally, and then as you approach the top, you'll you'll be dropping down into the negative collective a little bit, and, and then just as a you, little as you, too, yeah. yeah, just a barely little, and then as you pull on through, you'll be going back into positive, mm-hmm. and rolls the same way. Rolls will be quite a bit more negative if you want it to be perfectly axial. Yep. Yeah, and things like that. Um, it is very similar to a plane as far as like the loops. Rolls are different, I guess, on a plane because instead of feeding more collective, you feed elevator if it starts to drop inverted. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different on that aspect. Um, but like, say, like inverted flight, airplane and helicopters, I mean, they're pretty much the same. So certain certain maneuvers are very similar. But um, for noobs or just for people starting out in helicopters, like hovering and orientation training is more important than any of those maneuvers. Yes, absolutely. Right. The and most important thing is getting all the orientations. Yeah. Right. And I was going to add that, you know, once you get that down, the hovering, you you know, tail in, whatever, you know, once you get them down and how far you, if you want to try new stuff. Uh, one thing Steve taught me right off the bat was to not really fly at yourself, fly a little bit to your right or your left, which are, most people, I guess, feel comfortable to their right. So say you're doing like a, you know, you're going to flip forward and try and go inverted and then go back upright. You know, have the tail off a little bit just so you're not flying at yourself for safety reasons. And the same when you do like rolls and stuff like that, push the helicopter away from you. Um, yeah. When you're doing stuff, don't, don't pull it towards yourself because uh, you can get into trouble real quick. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that too. Like I'm guilty of flying more forward and back towards myself than left to right. Um, but you're more experienced now. It's been years. Yeah, yeah. And with experience, it's like I still do it, but I do offset it. Like it's like I basically look at the field like a triangle. So like, you know, when it gets right. closer to me, it's wider out. But when it gets further out, I'll kind of stay more towards the middle of the field. Just like a, if you were to picture a triangle mapped out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's it. and that's purely for safety. So when I do loops, I do loops kind of coming at myself, but. They're off to my left side or my right side, usually my left. And like, so, you know, for, yeah. for the pilot, at least like, I'm not, I'm not in any risk, you know, 
But um, yeah. So how to start maneuvers? I mean, you know, I don't know. Let us know. Message us or comment to this post and ask like maybe more specifically what maneuvers do you want us to show you how to how to get into those and how to get into like maybe a funnel or something or a hurricane or or what that means. What is a funnel? What is a hurricane? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, who, who wants to take the next couple? I will. Uh, follow me. Yeah, go for um, it. What are your thoughts on the Prandtl T-D wing that NASA is testing? And I had to actually look this up because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I did too. But I like it. Yeah. I looked it, it up. Looks amazing. The one picture I see... Now I don't. I'm guessing it's drone size. They haven't made these full size or anything. Uh, looks like a little cockpit on there. It's kind of a swept wing. Kind of looks like a stealth bomber, but like very stretched out. And yeah, it, and- it's a it's a flying wing with a a twisted airfoil. It's so is? so the at out at the the tips. They're let's see. So there's more angle. There's less angle. Of there's less angle at the tips and more in the center. Yeah. So you get um, what do they call it? They're saying an eleven percent reduction in drag, which wow. is huge. Yeah, they're saying it's very high efficiency and can be fully uh, controlled without a tail. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that. Have, there's, um, there's no uh, vertical stabilizers at all. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's very interesting. The, the design is very interesting. But they still have ailerons. There's nothing. It's not like the whole wing. Yeah, it's like ailerons. Oh, you're right, yeah. right. Very interesting. Nice. Uh, the next question he asked was, can you talk about nighttime setup and what are the pitfalls? Uh, I don't know if he's talking about helicopters or airplanes. Well, yeah, both. so, I mean, probably, probably either one. So nighttime setup for me is... Uh, you know, let's just say for a helicopter, right? Because that's kind of what I've been concentrating on. It's, um, you know, you light up the blades, right? You, you can either custom make your own night blades or you buy them. Um, the bigger ones, you can buy smaller blades like a 450 size. You'd have to pretty much make your own or, you know, maybe get some kit that will make your stock blades into night blades. And then you usually you can go get away with just blades and like maybe some glow sticks in case your blades, you know, batteries run out. <laughs> right. You can see, you know, you glow stick on your tail boom or maybe on your skids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also adds to some orientation markings, right? Kind of like having um, your navigation lights on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the pitfalls, the main pitfalls, and I think this applies to both, is when you're staring at something so bright in the sky, it's hard to see see anything else i mean obviously it's dark so it's hard to see anything in general but what i'm more talking about is how close you get to the ground before the ground actually gets lit up by your helicopter or plane Mm -hmm. and you know that you're now inches away from the ground and not 10 20 feet in a safe you know altitude that and and being aware of where the ground is yeah yeah it just sneaks up on you really fast yeah exactly because you don't have any light on the ground so basically when you're airplane or helicopter shines their lights on the ground, you're basically a couple feet away, if not closer. Yeah. So, like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of the main pitfalls I can see. Um, and the other pitfall I know is that when you start getting further out, 
And depending on how much lights you have on your aircraft, it becomes a blob of light. So you have no orientation marking. So usually you end up trying to fly a little bit closer to yourself, which then there's also, you know, some danger involved with that too. Mm-hmm. The, the vision part is a huge pitfall for me because I wear eyeglasses and I probably have a bit of astigmatism. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at the lights and it's all cool for about 30 seconds, but even up close, eventually everything just blurs into one big ball of light. Mm. And it's really hard to see the orientations and stuff Yeah, for yep. me. Yep. I mean, and that, that plays into it, right? So if you were in glasses, you can get reflection. Like if there's mm-hmm. pit lighting, like if, mm-hmm. you know, your club, like our club will light up the pits, but the field will be for the most part fully dark, right? Yeah. Um, and the problem is, is that now, like if you're wearing glasses and the pit lights behind you and there are big halogen or LED lights, like you might get a glare or refraction mm-hmm. from that light on your glasses, which then messes up your vision towards your aircraft. So, right. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. Yep. Where did I get that mm-hmm. that shine on your, yeah. your your glasses? Uh but I've done a lot of things as far as planes go with night mm-hmm. setup. And one of the things I've always done, no matter how kind of crazy light show thing you got going on, I always have four to three to four like lights on that stay on all the time so I can reference it no matter what happens. You know, if the mm-hmm. lights go out or if it goes through a sequence that is actually really dark or shuts off completely, I'll mm-hmm. always have those three lights that I can get kind of orientation on. And from experience, sometimes it should be more than three or four because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had it go to where I've even lost it because it's not enough. Yeah. Um, so that's just a couple of things that you can do. You, you always, no matter how, you know, you want to kind of look at it from all angles when you're putting lights on it. Don't leave a, a dark spot on there at all because you'll be looking at it from all angles when it's in the sky. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I have another thing to add to that, too, is um, so just to kind of give context and experience at one of the flight fests that we went to, Kevin, um, we I ended up having a what was it? Um, it's a Versa wing with LEDs on it. And I put LEDs like green on one side. And red on the other, right? And then, and then I started rolling the hel- the plane really fast. You know, the Versa wing rolls like super quick. Yeah. And then I forgot, it's green on the right or green on the left. <laughs> do I pull up or do I pull down? Oh, uh-huh. wrong way. Nose it into the ground. So yeah. it's like, yeah. um, you know, you want you might want to have different lights up top and the bottom exactly. so you can tell the yes. difference of that orientation yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. Need some different, some way to tell right from left and top from bottom. Yes, and make it you know, cool. Yeah, yeah, make it plane, cool, man. Or a helicopter. Yeah. yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, you know. Um, all right, Andy, you want to take the next two? Uh, yeah, as asking if we scratch build anything. Uh, I started scratch building a balsa plane mm-hmm. about three years ago, and I've yet to finish it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Matter of fact, I haven't worked on it in three years. Well, that's so my scratch build. I'm not. I'm not a big scratch builder, to be honest. I would like to and wish I did. I just get distracted and into other things and don't take the time to sit down and do it. Yeah. I have scratch built some flight test planes and stuff, but not in a while. In very few. Yeah. Yeah. I used to scratch build flight test planes all the time. I think I've only bought two kits and I've scratch mm-hmm. built everything. 
Um, Balsa, I've had this plan for the last two years to scratch build a profile 46 size, you know, airplane. Um, profile plane. I mean, I have the plans. I have the Balsa. You know, I just don't have the room, <laughs> I guess. I don't have the dedicated space to put it out. So right. I've kind of been, you know, whatever, just leaving that. Yeah. As a future project, I guess when I get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, helicopter wise, no, you can't. Really, I mean, I'll modify certain things on a helicopter by like scratch building some parts. Um, usually, just right. like frame stiffeners and stuff like that, but nothing to the point where it's like I'm scratch building a, a and you know a helicopter or doing yeah. like you know Jeff did a chopsy guy, you know. So, mm-hmm. oh, I scratch built the. SE5 a couple years ago. I mean, that mm-hmm. was completely. That was from plans, but the plans were from a like they a one channel, band. yeah, balsa kit, yeah. and yeah, I, I was modifying them as I went, and uh, yeah, then blew like it you, up. You to, used the, I think you used the plans more for just the overall dimension, like a like a three view, you know, right? So it didn't look like something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. D- yeah, didn't you guys uh, build some chargers, charge cases? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't originally. Know if that counts or not? Yeah, 3D printed some charging case, you know, mounts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, you went fully 3D printed. I went the opposite, and I laser cut acrylic mm-hmm. to right. to build my custom one. And then, actually, I do have another case, uh, the little Q6 ISDT charger that I have. Like it's like a little small tightening case, and I think that one I um, I 3D printed the deck on that one. So yeah. But yeah, cool. Okay, uh, why no FPV helis? Why is hmm. that, Steve? Motion sickness. <laughs> <laughs> it was the way I would fly it. I would totally puke. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a good a- question. Like, I don't know. There's no reason you can't do it, other than it seems like most people into the helis are not as into fpv so maybe they just don't feel like fooling with it um when you do crash if you crash it's going to be way more expensive than a multi-rotor obviously and it could be a little more dangerous if you don't if you're not careful so that's probably the reasons i think the main reason is that it's you, you can easily get disorientated with a helicopter even if you don't fly 3d and you're just sport flying you know, when that helicopter, because the helicopter has to tilt to go anywhere, right? So when it tilts. But, but that's the same as a multi rotor. I mean, as far as getting disorientated. Yeah, that's true. Um, it is, but I think the cost and the, the safety are the two big aspects. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah. The cost is going to be, I mean, if you're not just breaking a, a prop, you know, the cost is going to yeah. be. Yeah, you're not breaking a twenty dollar airframe. You know, you're breaking a couple hundred dollar airframe. That and like I said, most of the guys, especially if they're flying aerobatics or three D or anything, they're they're more into wanting to watch the heli go through the different maneuvers. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of just a little bit different culture or whatever. You know. mm -hmm. On my uh, YouTube channel, I have. uh, I put a camera on the tail boom of my Blade 550X when I had that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, you can't tell what the hell's going on. Everything's oh, no, just it's turning, just, flipping, rolling. Yeah. Like, just the world is just on a. But that like, was just a camera and you were flying it line of sight. Yeah. 3D, right. But I'm saying, like, that 
like think about if you're flying FPV and that's what you're looking at. Well, it would, it would just like be all over the place, you know? Yeah. I get that, but you could fly it just like you would fly a quad. I mean, you don't have to hold an inverted hover or anything. How fun is that? Well, <laughs> that's that's the re- there you go. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. It's not all fun. Right. <laughs> all right, I'll take the next two then here. Uh where does you guys fly at lunch? It's northern Jersey. Everything is in a no fly zone. When I'm working from home, I just fly my backyard, Nano S2. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's not a no um, fly zone. Technically, it could be if Trump was, you know, if it was like a TFR, I if wouldn't Trump be. Trump was tec- visiting your liberal neighbor? No, I'm just thinking if Trump oh. was visiting ben, uh, Bedminster, right? I'm yeah. That's within my range of my house, which means I can't fly. Which means, you know, but like, I mean, we're talking about something I'm flying less than 20 feet in the air in my backyard that's covered in trees. No one's even going to notice that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, technically, I'm not allowed to at that point, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when I'm working from home backyard, I work in Brooklyn all the other days. Yeah, there's definitely no flying like where I work in Brooklyn, you know, which is right over the Brooklyn Bridge, Manhattan Bridge area, Dumbo, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. How about you guys, Andy? You go last because you, you know, dude. <laughs> I'm in, in uh, switchyards. I mean, I'm, we're not even allowed to put a ladder up over our head, so there's definitely no flying on lunch. Yeah, <laughs> in in uh, mm-hmm. electrical switchyard, no, not at all. And I gotta say, for Kevin, I think um, when you're working, you're like work mode. Like you don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like even if you work near, like you know our field like you don't i don't think you would like stop there and you know fly there's I think only been just... one or two times where i've actually stopped there and just to hang out uh mm-hmm. but yeah when, when we're working yeah we're in work mode and yeah you really can't do anything else yeah now let's hear andy i'll just take it out of the truck wherever i'm doing something and i'll just turn around and fly 700 gasser 700 electric Nitro. Just walk out of his house and go whatever out the back, off the back porch. No, but seriously, I don't really do it anymore. But the first couple years, I was in in the, you know how you're way more excited at that time. Yeah. So I would uh, take a heli with me or a plane or something, Mm -hmm. and fly. Uh, Like I'd fly a couple batteries in the morning. I'd put them on the charger if I'm work around the shop or something and I'd fly a couple at lunch, charge them up and fly a couple that afternoon, just a couple flights here and there, you know, a 10, 15 minute break. Uh, but I'm in Tennessee on a farm with no one within a couple miles of me. So I could just kind of do whatever. It's yeah. all it's a lot of open fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone as far as bringing my radio with me and I've done some simming, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, I'm at lunch, but yeah, and there's definitely no flying for me. Yeah, I don't really do it anymore. I don't know why. I mean, I could. I just I don't feel like putting the stuff in the truck and taking it back out, and I don't yeah. leave batteries in the truck. It's going to be hot. So, yep. You know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not as excited about it as I was when I started. So, yeah, too I lazy to lug the equipment in and out. Yeah, I know that's a stupid excuse, but it's kind of the truth. 
you know how when you first get into it, I mean, you just fly, you, you crash, uh-huh. you'll fix it that night, fly the next day. I mean, there's nothing going to stop you. Mm-hmm. But after two or three years, you kind of mellow out, and it's just like, meh, I'll get to it when I get around to it. Right. Yeah, I, I've noticed, too, um, not really with time, but with skill. As I got better at flying, I noticed I fly less. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like because the quantity versus quality type of deal, but um, I don't know. I just, it, I think, it, yeah, go ahead. It, that and when you're first starting out, you're making such huge leaps in your abilities to fly. Yeah. Like you progress. I mean, you. it's. I don't more, know. The reward, I, I feel like you progress faster, you know, up and then when you chip, once you get up to a point like where we are, you, you're still progressing, but it's way slower. I mean, I feel that way. So for me, I, I felt sort of that, like, so flight test days, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy ramp up, learn to fly airplanes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You get that, you mm-hmm. crash, you, you glue back together and repeat, like just constantly fly, crash, build, rebuild, you know, just constantly repeating that cycle. Um, so there, and you know, because it's new and such an awesome hobby and you're meeting all these new people Sad and stuff, it. you're very excited. You, you have a lot of enthusiasm to it. Um, but then I plateaued where like mm-hmm. my flying airplanes kind of like, I kind of got bored of flying airplanes to tell the truth. And then I got into the helicopters, which then got kind of like revived more like mm-hmm. enthusiasm mm-hmm. and everything. But at a certain point flying helicopters, I felt that I wasn't progressing and it was all due to orientation, like because I never put the time to learn orientation, so I never did anything out of my, like I did stuff out of my comfort zone, but not to the point where I could do now. And then once I like once the orientation clicked in my head, I've been I feel like I've been progressing quite fast mm-hmm. and learning new maneuvers, learning new angles and different perspectives of doing different tricks or different maneuvers and stuff. Um, and I feel like. I'm back ramping up really quick again. Okay. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. There's, it's definitely ebbs there's and waves. Yeah. 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 As I think, uh, yeah, I got to a port or point where I was plateauing and then you, you, you hit the sim or you do something else. You, you learn a different way or, you know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. take a break, whatever works for you, really. And yeah. I, I get a new understand- model or something different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of understand where Steve's coming from now because. I got to a point where I think I was not that I was simming too much, but I was getting too used to the sim and not to the helicopter in real life. Just, just cause there's a lot more elements involved, you know, mm-hmm. wind yep. and, and stuff like that. And which you can dial up in the sim we were talking about it this weekend, but, uh, it's hard to get it as random as the field. And you know, you want to put more flights in, in real mm-hmm. life, you know? All right. Yeah. Go play elite dangerous. You want to do something on the sim. <laughs> What 3D printing prints do they use most with the helis um, besides clips? Ooh, I don't think really much. Well, I 3D printed, hopefully Mikado's not listening, but the like holders for the antennas uh, from the I Neo. Mean, antenna holders, Just, yeah. Yeah, but like they, 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 yeah, but they, they, they had their own, but I mean, that's not like anything new, new, I would say. Yeah. I and I also printed, I designed mm-hmm. and printed one for the, for the uh, Spectrum satellites too. Yeah. Um, so I've done that on the helicopters, 
the planes, it's a whole different world. I mean, the planes, you can print a bunch of different things. You know, yeah, figures we're and, landing gears, figures, yeah. control horns. You got to check out our buddy Kyle Lydic on on uh, YouTube. He's mm-hmm. building that big giant. What is it? B seventeen or some yep. shit? Mm-hmm. And he's three yep. D printing the whole cockpit and everything. Really highly detailed yeah. stuff. I mean, even George Baker was talking about that, right? Like yep. he was he was printing a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. things for his jets and the yeah, and stuff. A bunch of nozzles for the back mm-hmm. and yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, but for the helicopters, let's kind of let's. That's what the question was about. Um, not much, I would say. You know, maybe yeah, like maybe mounts, right? Like a neo mount, or I know um, Lynx for a little while was three D printing TPU neo mm-hmm. cases. What I I three D printed a battery tray for the uh for the scale helicopter that I had. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Blade holders. I've seen blade holder. Those. Oh yeah, big time. Yep. Uh, Tom Tom Shin he printed out uh, uh, their electric motor coolers. So it was like a motor. It's like a little motor cup with a fan on it that would like once you do your flight, you can put it on top of your motor and let it cool down. Things right. like that. Um, pitch link adjusting tool. He might make. Yeah. Yep. Just pitch little. Link. Yeah. yeah. Just- what was the other thing um, that I remember seeing? Uh, I'll, I'll come to me later. But it's, I remember there was another three D printed part. Uh, I know for a while. Um, oh, let's talk about this though. The the usually the pre production or beta models of new helicopters will often have three D printed stuff. Even my SAB Kraken, right? That had a three D printed TPU um, antenna mount system. Okay. So you can mount your antenna wires coming off the the elevator servo in the back and out from the canopy. So like things like that, you know. Even Coxie does that do, a lot. Yeah, yeah, Oxy will do that tons with the the landing gear mount or the um, the ESC slash battery tray mount. You know, right. yeah. Yep. Let's take the next two here. Uh, I'll take the okay. next one. Okay. Have they ever races the open formula racers? I think he meant printed. Um, is it worth printing? I have an extra RC car electronics setup, and I've done this to open formula. Uh, F1 racer from Thingiverse. I put a link in so you guys could see. Uh, but uh, I think I shared a video out too uh, last year. On mm-hmm. our, yeah, on I our remember. YouTube mm-hmm. Or uh, Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, I and think I- he actually meant races, though. Like, race. Have they ever raced the uh, Open Formula One racers? Oh, I haven't raced it, uh, but it's pretty damn quick. <laughs> yeah. Make it easier to read. Yeah. Um, but he said, is it worth printing too? So that's what I was kind of getting yeah. into. It's definitely worth printing. It's, um, it's a lot of parts though, right? It's a lot of prints. Yeah. And I kind of went, uh, ABS on a few things, but for mostly, uh, PLA, you can get away with the, um, I had the gears mesh together and like weld themselves together. I had to reprint those, <laughs> but the, um, what was I going to say? I th- and that was, I think something to do with what I did wrong. Oh, the, the nose piece. The, the the like front wing is only held to the body by like one bolt so that can kind of break pretty easy so you know you have to be kind of a little bit experienced in 3d printing so you can get the right orientation and get it to print correctly you know and this the right supports on some of the parts but it's um i've seen guys print a lot of these things i watch 3d printing nerd on youtube and he printed a 400 percent version which was Woo. yeah it was about six foot long <laughs> And he was actually Damn. making it RC. Yeah. Can he fit huge. in it? 
No, no. But he There's did make an that RC driving around. Um, to where he could drive it around. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, wow. that's uh, that was something cool to check out. He's a, I think he's a school teacher. He's from Seattle, school teacher. So his channel's like more kids yeah. oriented, nice. but uh, mm-hmm. he does do some pretty cool stuff. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they have any official races. I don't think they even officially race any of the F1 cars that they build. Like you know, the, yeah. I know Tamiya used to have some F1 cars, and they should. The That'd show. be cool. They should. I think that'd be very cool. Could do like yeah. a carpet track or something. Yeah, yeah. Those. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, maybe like you know, F1 style mini Z cars. You know, like spec a motor and a yeah. ESC, and then it's really whoa, cheap. Whatever the, else, the motor yeah. was like twenty bucks. The ESC was like twenty. Thirty dollars, something like that. It's the uh, yeah. Was it the four fifty motor? I think it is the TL four fifty or something like that. I forget exactly what this. Yeah, it's a, it's a stock like um, what do they call it? it? But it's used everywhere. It's like it's a brushed motor. Yeah, it's a brushed four fifty size, right? Is it? A yeah. Three, it's like a weird name. I thought it's like a three seven. No, three seventy is a smaller version. But yeah, yeah, it's a standard size ten scale motor that you use. Um. And, you know, he did put on here to have extra RC car le- electronic setup. I mean, if you have the, the the electronics already, I mean, why not print it, you know? Yeah. Give, it, give it a go. If you have a 3D printer and, you you know, all you're really wasting is time and filament, so. And it's whatever. not really, it's not a ton of parts. The only thing I did was I didn't print my own wheels and tires. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I found, I found the actual tires that are off of something. I don't know. I ordered it. it. There's, there's a bunch of different links out there. You can find them, uh, on Thingiverse. And then I found actual wheels that would fit those tires. Cause the wheels were needed to be a little bit larger to fit the tires. And I just see ate them to the, to the wheels and it worked great, man. Nice. That's not really a lot of parts. So yeah, dude, go for it. Print yeah. one and, uh, send us a picture. Let's know how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The next question is, does that help? Yes. I think it does. I think it does help. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that'll wrap it up for our flight test forum questions. Yeah. Let's move it on to our Facebook questions now. All right. Speaking of things that don't help. <laughs> oh, first, first, first question here is from some guy called Bill. Bill. And. It says, why is Kevin so mean, especially to Bill? Hmm. Why is that, Kevin? That Seems is a like good a question. I know why. Pointed question to you. Kevin's mean to anyone who, who dresses themselves in a third person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Rightfully so. You should be mean to yes. those people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think because the first time I met Bill, he started busting my chops. Well, the first and, thing out of his mouth was, right? What, what did he say? Because uh, you said, oh, you know, come meet up with us. We'll be at this fun fly at, at the Northeast uh, Model Helicopter January, Chris Ryberts event. Right. And, and you said, like, I forgot what it was, but he, he made, like, he said something. Oh, man, what the hell did he say? I, I don't, I don't remember. I'll have to listen to the show from back then, man. Yeah, no, something like, oh, look at these two knuckleheads or something like that. Because we call our, you know, we used to call ourselves all the time knuckleheads. Like, you know, we appreciate mm-hmm. anyone listening to these, you know, bunch of knuckleheads. And I think he said something like that. So and, what you're telling me is Bill set the precedent for this relationship. Yes. 
Yeah. So it's kind of his own fault that you're mean to him. <laughs> he poked the bear. Yeah. Don't yeah. poke the bear, the Bill. Bear. <laughs> and then you gave him warning. Don't poke the bear if you don't want. <laughs> well, I think that was two years ago at Spring Fling. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, <laughs> it was towards the end of the night. I had a drink, couple of drinks and I'm sitting in a chair and I'm like relaxing. And I think he came up to me and he was like, Oh, are you tired? Are you falling asleep? And I was like, don't poke the bear, Bill. Don't poke the bear. And that oh, was man. It. What and was it? I, just... I got up out of my chair and I let him have it. Uh, oh, I love man. Bill, Bill's there, a, there, was, dude. there was something, man. Oh, fuck. I can't think of it. If Bill was any other person, any other type of personality, dude, like he, he's a really good sport about us busting his chop. Like a gigantic, huge, good sport about it. Like he's always, yeah, um, he is. he's always right back to bust my chops, but still, like, I mean, he's, He's he's a I mean he does a fantastic job on the videos and he's a great guy man and uh but we love busting his chops I mean it's just one of those guys it's a guy thing man and we all bust each other's chops yeah. man it's like we said if we didn't like him we wouldn't uh-huh. yeah be giving him a hard time and I heard McDonald's yep. was coming out with a with a uh, meal dedicated to Bill it's a it's a happy meal but it's a few <laughs> fries short. <laughs> oh. I think I'll be one of those episodes again. That was, oh. I can't take credit for that. That's a certain McToon joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's the I same. Think- like Rob, I bust Rob's chops all the time too. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rob definitely busts Bill's chops. <laughs> we all go around. You know, nobody yeah, really, yeah. nobody really takes it personally except for one guy who we don't usually talk about that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next question, if we're done with Bill, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think we're ever going to be done with Bill, uh, nope. is from uh, Dan Mernan. Dan the man, Mernan. Mm-hmm. And he says, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Excellent question. Mm. What is it? Is it corn? Corn on a cob flavored? Nope. Cookies flavored? and cream for me. Cookies and cream. So Ugh. mine's nope. very interesting because it used to always be strawberry ice cream. Oh. And, then I, and then I went on this boring. vanilla ice cream kick, which is very boring, I think. Um, and now it's cookies and cream too. I, I really no way. cookies and cream. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think it's, it's the bits of cookie that it's just like freaking Oreo bits in there. Yeah. It's vanilla ice cream with Oreos. Exactly. You just can't like, go wrong. Because I, like I said, I went to vanilla and that was kind of like, and I tried the, the different variants of vanilla, right? Yeah. French vanilla and stuff like that, but it was good, but it was just missing something. And that's what it was. The yep. It's perfect. Okay. So what's yours, Kevin? I like chocolate. Rum raisin. Oh. No. I love chocolate flavored anything, but I, I'm not raisin. supposed to have it. I don't know. Rum raisin. I try to do anything with alcohol flavored. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Gin tonic, vodka tonic. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm not one of those seek out all these crazy, uh, different flavors of ice cream. My wife is like she'll buy all the different stuff and yeah. Like I've never know. gone to like Rocky Roads and all the Ben and Jerry stuff. I just yeah. it was too much. Yeah, you know. Um, it's all good. I'm very happy with chocolate or vanilla. I don't care. Not so how chocolate? Though. Because there's like 20 different variants of chocolate too, you know? Dude, it, it, ramp it up the 10 scale of chocolate, whatever, you know? Yeah. So you, gonna, are you into any of the Magnum stuff? Is those like, if I'm going to get gout, I might as well have it at the 10th degree. <laughs> yeah, right? Why does it go all out if you're going to, you know? Bring yeah. on the diabetes. Yeah. But I'm not a huge ice cream fan, though. I maybe I'll have it once or twice a year, and that's about it. Oh wow! No. Yeah. I'm maybe once or twice a week. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not talking about like a pint of ice cream, like a ice cream bar. You know, I'll have an ice cream bar or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
let's see here. Wesley D. Pennypacker, our friend Wes. Uh, nice. If I love this question. If I punch myself in the face and it hurts, does that mean I'm strong or <laughs> weak? Ooh. What a conundrum, huh? Well, the, uh, it, it depends. What hurts? Does his hand hurt because his head's so hard? Or does his face hurt because his... So, I, what, I what his hurts? Face. Okay. I'm saying he's weak. But I'm not saying that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying... I, I think... Yeah, that's hard, man. It's, it's, I'm going to say strong. Yeah, I'm going to okay. say strong. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, but it's hard to say because sometimes, you know, you can throw a punch harder than some people can take, right? Like, you know, some people can fight, but they can't take a hit. So it's, it's hard to say. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'll stick with my original. Okay. First. Uh, all right. We've got the next one here. We'll just switch off every other one. Jay Treadwell said, uh, asked the question. This is one of my favorite questions. When a man wants a new helicopter, is it okay if he crashes quote on purpose so he can use the pity card with the wife is it okay um, in my opinion i think he should be able to get a new helicopter without crashing yeah true but then but then again i did total my goblin 500 and i did buy a kit even though i'm not supposed to be buying any new kits except for the kraken and the extra so <laughs> do i get I, pity from the fa- listeners <laughs> yeah it's only it, it is okay, but only if you put your heli into combat and crash. Ooh, okay. okay. So Have a purpose for that. If you crash. put your seven hundred helicopter into combat and crash it, then it's totally okay to get a new kit. But not if you're like, I'm just gonna crash this thing. Yeah, I mean, you should be able to buy a kit without having to just pile it in intentionally. Yeah. But see, if you put it in combat, then everyone gets enjoyment. From seeing yeah. it. That's so, true. And and not. technically it is on purpose. Yeah, like, of course. course. That's your your end game goal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus you might get to chop a four fifty in half. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> yeah. And I can't relate because my wife still thinks I have one helicopter or two or whatever <laughs> downstairs. She saw the five fifty mm-hmm. one day and she was like, That's huge. I thought you didn't have any big helicopters. And she didn't like, see the six ninety? No. <laughs> She doesn't go in the shed. Oh, it's in the shed. You don't uh, even keep it in the garage. It's just like, no, it just looks bigger because it's in the house. Yeah, it's it's all canopy. Come on, yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> uh, my wife just doesn't care. She's like, I'm holding yeah. it. It's not even mine. I'm holding it for a friend. Steve's wife gave up long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it? Um, she was like, "Did you buy a new helicopter when you were at Spring Fling?" I was like. No, I bought it before that, but I got it then and I built it. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm like, okay. uh, all right, let's move on to the next question here. Uh, I guess I'll do it. Gregory Sullivan asks, why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? Hmm. I have no idea. I park on both. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends what time of day. Sometimes the parkways are parking lots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that the English language in that aspect, like why driveways are called driveways and parkways are called parkways. And then you have yeah. the turnpike and throughway. And if pro is the opposite of con and progress means to go forward, what does Congress mean? 
<laughs> I mean, there's a million of exactly. those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why do we call things fly barless, cordless? Why don't we have a name for it? It's like it, you're calling it something it's not. Yeah. I why I cord? I, I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense why cordless. Yeah, it doesn't have a cord. But then it turned into wireless. Yeah. Can't you just say radio? Yeah, can you, yeah radio. Fly barless? I don't know. I don't know. The next one here. Uh, I guess I'll go on this one here. Gregory Sullivan again says, okay, here is a real one. Do you need a shim or anything to run 30% nitro in a OS 50 slash 55? Or can you run anything from 15% to 30% nitro? So, Andy, I know you got this answer, so let's get you. Yes. Do you need a shim to run 30%? Not generally. No, they're uh, built to not have The 1555 was built to run on 30%. But that being said, there are situations where a shim might help you. It might mm. run better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all depends on your temperature, your density altitude, and mm-hmm. a gazillion different things. Yeah, I'm um, sure it's- uh, but it's also asked, can you run on anything from 15 to 30%? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, although at 15%, you may have a lot less power, but there again, you might set up, uh, you might, uh, have a situation like where I am or in the winter time, it's cold and the air super dense and I can get into the negative, uh, density altitude, like negative two, 300 feet. But in the summer, it's hot and humid, and I can be up like as high as 3,600, 4,000 feet density altitude. Whereas uh, you could set up an engine to run good on like uh, 30% in the summer, but then you instead of changing your shims and all, I might just drop back to 22% in the winter or even 15 if you really wanted to and get uh-huh. the same basically the same amount of power and, and without the, the detonating and, you know, screwing up the timing by just changing the fuel instead of having to take the engine apart and change it. Yep. So the, the nitro percent and the, the, the atmospheric conditions and the amount of shims all affects the timing of the engine basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it all might also require you to run different type of gold plug temperatures and stuff. Yes, that's true too. Yep. Yeah. Um, and this is something new that I kind of learned recently. Like I never knew like a 91, right? HDR mm-hmm. or HZ 91, like those, you know, there's so many different variants, but that motor, the OS 91, you know, most people run the 30% on there, but I've seen like, you know, like Kevin, like Rob's like, ah, just run 22 and a half. It's okay. It's fine. You know, you're not going to yeah. really notice the difference. Right. And I thought you had to take that ship. Like you had to do it or you can't run it. You know, like, I didn't yeah, know that so it was I, an option at all no. to just run whatever. You know, just run it. It's not going to perform as well, but it'll still work. I I thought that if you didn't run that certain percentage of nitromethane that didn't have enough nitro in it, that it'll, it won't run or it'll, like, break the motor. So I never thought about running anything but what, you know, um, what was recommended for the motor. It, now, it, on the flip side... My OS 105 is meant for 22 and shimmed for 22. What happens if I run 30 on it? Could I potentially harm the motor? Potentially, yes. Right, because 
adding an extra shim will decrease your compression ratio, which um, mm. you might need for the higher so you, nitro well, content, right? Well, I, thought, right. I thought adding – what are you actually shimming? Are you shimming the cylinder head up? So there's yeah. yes, yes. So there's more less there's compression. More... Mm-hmm. You get less compression because you're increasing the the yeah. volume of the combustion chamber. Yes. Okay. But the 105 is a perfect example of somewhere like like where I am, Steve. Mm-hmm. Like I would run. I don't have a 105, but I would probably set it up to run 22 and a half in the winter. And then I would bump up to the 30% in the summer and it'd probably run exactly the same because there's such a huge swing in the density altitude. And that's without tuning, right? Or is that retuning? No, that, I mean, you'd probably have to retune it just a little bit, but I mean, there's a big difference in like 3,500 feet density altitude to negative. Oh yeah. Negative. Yeah. So 22%. Like I could run 30%. I might have to add a small shim or something, but I would get that where it works good in the summer, but then that would be even too much in the winter. So you could drop down to 22% or, and, uh, run in the winter time without having to take the shim in and out. That's the way I take it. Now I'm no expert at any mm-hmm. of this by any means. Yeah. But. Good question, Greg though. That's, let's get to know. Let's get to, mm-hmm. I asked that. Uh, all right. Should we move it on to our good friend Mike D with his 10 questions? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take the first one. Uh, I find that this is funny. So, And I have a, a nice answer for this. So how did Mike D get to be so handsome? A lot of beer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of alcohol. No. He, I wouldn't say he's so, you know, five O's handsome <laughs> but he's not he's not ugly i'll say that i say that's a urban myth <laughs> as is most of these that mike uh, asked yeah yeah so who wants to take the next one <laughs> i'll take the next one how does steve do a podcast with marbles in his mouth i don't know how do you steve <clears throat> hold on put the marbles back in my mouth a lot of practice <laughs> oh boy uh ready for three yeah how come it burns when i put my hand inside the oven because, because the oven, oven's on because <laughs> ovens are hot yeah or the oven's on <laughs> well here's the thing he didn't say the oven was on so he just took his hand in there so i'm gonna say it's all psychological that's true might, might need head. some help yeah sure. nice one yeah Ah, okay, I guess I'll take this next one. <laughs> so, if you have kids listening to this, please earmuffs. Um, does Santa know when we masturbate? Santa yes. knows. Yes. I would and, say it and, depends if you're being naughty or nice. <laughs> and so does Gray Eagle Jr. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, People don't know it, but Santa's quite the perv. He likes to check in on things. Well, he likes to check in, and he likes to check his list twice and all that. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Exactly. (laughs) Um, The next question is, does the Easter Bunny... Oh, does the Easter Bunny poop out all those eggs? And if so, should he be a she? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think he poops out all those eggs. Either that... (laughs) If they were pooped out... 
They would taste like shit. <laughs> When's the last time you had an Easter egg? They don't taste too good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Oh, should I take the next one instead of well, Andy? Well, first, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I, I do believe that he should be a she. Just saying. If they're yeah. pooping on that many eggs, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, take the next one since, yeah. <laughs> Is Andy a real person or a cardboard cutout? That depends. Are you taking a picture with Andy? If you're taking a picture with him, he's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> he's already said he doesn't take any pictures. I think he's fake. I think he's fake, too. Yeah. And come find out Andy's name's not Andy. Yeah, it's Frank Mordios. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his mask off like, like you know, what's that thing? Uh, Mission Impossible or something? <laughs> yeah. And it's Frank. Yeah. That would be pretty damn funny. See, so, you know how we had the guy, we were talking about the guy at the Spring Fling who thought, you know, we were getting funded by helicopter manufacturers? That's yeah. the dark secret. Frank is running everything. He's the mastermind <laughs> behind he's the entire hobby. Hands in everything. <laughs> he's oh. producing everything. He's, yeah, he's actually Bill Ann. He's doing everything. <laughs> oh, boy. Nice. All right, Eddie, you want to take the next one? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the fucking genius that posted this and thought I would not totally fuck with you? That was Andy. Yeah. Um, or that Andy. was me, and I was kind of hoping you would. Yeah. Actually, I, what I wrote is, uh, we knew you would. That's the point, and you fell for it quickly. You did. Nice. What will I have for dinner tonight? Oof. Humble pie? Prob- probably Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter eggs? <laughs> They're not eggs. <laughs> Rabbit pellet. Scrambled Easter eggs. Uh, I'm going to say he's well, it's Italian, so it's got to be pasta. Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something uh, like that. Awesome. Okay. Yep. The next one is Number nine, thank God we're almost done. Uh, is the rumor that true that Mike D is taller when he's laying on his back? No, that's fake news. Okay, let's move it on. Uh, <laughs> and then he said, I forgot number 10. So do we. What? Yeah, okay, let's move it on. Yeah, I but just the- wanted to say, I just wanted to say, Mike, I mean, I, you know, the memory and the mind is, is one of the first things that goes at advanced age. So. I'm really sorry that you know you're having this problem with your memory, dude. So, what was the second thing to go? <laughs> well, then what's the first? <laughs> that was the answer to number nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Well, I'm not that old, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're probably right, Kevin. <laughs> All right, and then this is another question that Mike posted here: paper or plastic? Uh. I have a I have a hard time with this question, dude, because I worked in the food handling industry when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I worked I got carts. I worked at AMP, short for aches and pains, and we dealt dealt with a lot of paper. Everything was paper. Paper you used to cover your books when you were in school. You had to do yep, something. I remember you, that. Mm-hmm. It was always paper. Always paper. And then they said plastic was better because paper were cutting down too many trees and were the rainforest and all this shit. So we came mm-hmm. out with plastic. Now they're saying that the plastic is no good because it's filling up the landfills. So what are they doing? They're going back to paper? 
Like, or what? What is yeah. the, like, get your freaking story straight. Carry your own bags, but you can't, no, what they, can't do everything. that paper. Yeah, you know it's I, tote life, tote life. That's that's the feature. Dude, you know what I do is I just go to the supermarket and I, I have my meals there. <laughs> there you go. And I don't pay for it. Buy them, cook them right there, and no, there you go. I don't even ah. buy them. I just sample. But yeah, no, it's no, funny it's, because it's yeah. the whole thing, dude. That I've I like growing up and and seeing, you know, like I I remember news story saying the reason that McDonald's charges so much for their hamburger is because it's in a styrofoam container. If they could just get rid of those, the hamburgers would be cheaper. Well, they got rid of those, and they aren't cheaper. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all a big BS. I don't know. I, I we're not chroming shit the way we were in the fifties. You know, not every car has freaking five hundred pounds of chrome on it, and we're doing better. I think we're recycling more, and we're doing better. So, I mean, cut us a break. Mm-hmm. It's it's also funny too, like you know, and the reason why I say I like, told life, like you know, most places are now trying to push. But you now bring they're your saying own that's bag. not even sanitary, like. Because a lot of people aren't washing them, and the the raw chicken is now mixing with the next thing you go to pick up. I mean, but they're your own bag, so I Who's hope you prep a your raw food. chicken in their bag. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who puts a raw chicken? <laughs> I've, I've, have you seen those people at Walmart? I don't need a package. Just dump her in here. Yeah, put, yeah. Your man. put that raw chicken in there. Just pour it right in his bag. Let's put my um, baby's formula in there too. No, because I'm noticing more, more and more supermarkets. <laughs> Not like the the main ones, like Shoprite or. Um, you know, I mean, Pathmark's not around anymore. Is A&P even around anymore? I don't think so. But mm, like, Stop and really? Shop and those those other you know bigger supermarkets, they still provide bags and paper. But like the smaller markets, I noticed like Alda and stuff. They now you have to pay for it. If you want a plastic or a paper bag, you have to pay for it. Yep. So, and at that point, I'd rather spend three dollars for a tote bag, whatever that could be used ten times or a hundred times, whatever. Yeah. But I always end up forgetting them. So uh, yeah, paper. Exactly. I'm, I'm usually yeah. And my wife, she hates plastic because our recycling doesn't recycle plastic. Like you know, our town doesn't recycle plastic bags. So we either have to throw them away and be an asshole, or we have to bring them to Shoprite or Walmart, or one of those places that have like those plastic bag recycling bins. Really? Um, yeah, which is annoying. So. I grew up with paper, like paper all the time, right? Like you're saying, you yeah. cover your, all your books with it and everything. And then it became plastic. And then we used to use the plastic bags. We used to use them as small trash bags, you know, in the yep. car, in the kitchen for yep. when you're like cooking chicken and all like the, you know, the nasty stuff. You put them in a small bag before you put it in the main garbage bag, you know, so it doesn't leak everywhere and stuff. So I right. don't know. In a way, we were recycling before recycling was a thing. We were recycling the, the paper bags and making. Well, we were reusing, yeah, upcycling, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I like I like plastic because I can carry way more shit from the car to the house, and you don't rip. You, and they don't, yeah. don't rip. Exactly. Yeah, and then How I use them. Is it? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I use them in the all the tractors and trucks and equipment as trash bags and various yeah. other things. Exactly. So that's what I I do with them. I hand them out to the infants in the neighborhood and just play, <laughs> play with those. Here, play with this. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a stick. Here's a plastic bag. Have fun at it. <laughs> That's what we had when we were kids. Sticks yeah. and plastic bag. It makes a really good hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, whatever it is, it's waste. And depends what we do with it at the end of the day that I think matters more. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I think we're recycling the country as a whole. I think we're recycling... A lot more 
uh, things uh, than we were, you know, 60 <laughs> oh, years definitely, ago. Definitely. You know, my God, almost I'm, everything's recycled. I make them give me extra plastic bags, and then I just go dump them in the river. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Team, every time she's like, what do you want me to do with this? I say, dump it in the river. Just dump it in the river. Kind of my inside joke. I mean... Just in case anyone doesn't have a sense of humor, I don't ever dump anything in the river, but it's pretty damn funny to say, what do you want me to do with this used oil? I don't know. Dump it in the river. <laughs> the funny thing is you don't have any rivers now. <laughs> it's like, it's a gallon of paint. What should I do with it? Just dump it in the river. What do you want me to do with all this lead paint? I don't know. Dump it in the river. <laughs> what about this asbestos? I don't know. Dump it dump in the river. In the river. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you do with those things? That's what big corporations <laughs> have been doing for years. That makes it yeah, easier to... Yeah. To hunt deer because yeah. they're just laying by the side of the river. <laughs> yeah, you can fish easy too. You just go scoop them up. Yeah, yeah. it's like dynamite fishing. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's move it on here. Uh, who wants to do this uh, from Dave? David Crawford asked. Um, I three D printed some helicopter blades for my T Rex seven hundred X. Which one of you will test fly it for me? And can we test fly it in my camper at Flight Fest? Me and yes. So Andy will do it, and we can definitely in test fly it in your camper. I actually uh-huh. think that's the best place to test fly it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll peek through the window. You know? <laughs> yeah. The outside and fly it. <laughs> yes. I would test fly it, but yeah, I would not be anywhere near that helicopter <laughs> when i take off yeah don't 3d print blades kids yeah that's a terrible yeah, helicopter yeah especially not for a 700 size yeah if there's one thing you should actually purchase it's a set of good blades mm-hmm. there's some uh engineering involved in those to keep mm-hmm. you safe and safety yep mm-hmm. yep, yep yep uh all right uh, yeah, mm-hmm. David Hill asks, when is this podcast going to air? This Thursday night or Friday morning? Yeah, Thursday, uh, May 16th or Friday, May 17th or yep. any day after that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Whenever Kevin gets it done. Yeah, Kevin gets it done and Steve remembers to uh, upload it. Well, sometime this week, probably. Yeah. This is actually a serious question, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know about. Yeah. So Cam Taylor wrote, did Amy ban night flying at Earthship because of this guy? And then he posted a video from uh, Trappy. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trappy. And then he posted a video of a flight at the CHC Fun Fly in 2018. So. What was, so, what was so different about this flight? I don't. I didn't actually see it. Did you see it? Oh, no, no. I assume it was spotlight flying. Oh, but the answer would be no, because AMA has never supported non-illuminated aircraft. Oh, I see what they're doing here. AMA ne- never banned night flying because it was never allowed. Uh, okay. Yes. A spotlight yeah. flying, we should say. Yeah, Illuminated aircraft are fine. And what about um, construction light? Uh, apparently they're fine because yeah. we've been doing that for two years. 
at okay. the AMA place. It was never an Urcha thing. It was always an AMA rule. Yes, it was an AMA rule. But yeah, that's what he asked, right? Did AMA ban night flying? Um, yep. So I would say no, but the video, I just previewed it real quick. So what that video is, is it's our friend Lincoln. He's flying his 700 Nitro and spotlights, right? Two spotlights. And they're shooting a bunch of Roman candles at the helicopter. Oh, geez. And, you know, when you look at the video, like, the helicopter is probably, it doesn't seem that far away from Lincoln. Like, you know, it's in front of him. But it's still in front of him to the right side of him a little. Um, the fireworks, see, you know, that that gets sketchy, right? Like, Not yeah. really. Um, I've seen lots of fireworks hit lots of helicopters and yeah, yeah. nothing happens. You're not going to knock it but out of the air. People are holding him, right? Like on the sidelines, shooting him—is that what that is? That yeah, yeah. Roman on? candles, you know, through the candles. tubes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're just holding him, shooting it. I don't think I don't think that's the reason. Um, like like you know, like Andy was saying that the, the AMA never allowed spotlight flying in the first place, so it's never a rule that they banned. But I mean, er, we always flew the helis in the big industrial commercial fireworks at Urcha, and yeah. I mean, same thing for the other one, right? Granted, that's farther away, but it, no, it's it's not going to hurt it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Ryber's event, you know, yeah, does the same thing, Ryber's. right? But it's all out, you know. On the it's other out side further. Of it line. is. Yeah. It is definitely, you know. Um, but no, they didn't ban it because of that guy. Yeah, they just never had it, like Andy said. Yeah, they never had it, and then Urchel was just basically following AMA's ruling on that to not allow it. For the event, you know, and the funny thing is, is spotlight flying. People from the outside look at it and be like, "Oh, that must be dangerous," because you got two people or three people tracking a helicopter going whatever speed, you know. But what I've noticed and over experience, like you know, seeing night flying in general, obviously having a lit up helicopter is probably one of the more safetyest, safest way of doing it, flag at night, but the construction lights, you can't, uh, the light is such a big flood of light that there's a lot of dark spots usually, you know? So you'd well, have to kind of keep fly it, out of the light. You can fly out of the light, yeah. So you can't, you can't fly too high, which means then there's a safety thing there. You can't fly too far away from you, so there's another safety thing there, mm-hmm. you know? So people end up flying closer and then the lights itself, they, there's a frequency to lights. And when the lights bounce off the blades and just the helicopter in general, the helicopter sneaks up on you quickly. Like before you know, it's right in front of your face. So, which, you know, and I'm talking about the construction lights, which is very dangerous too. Spotlight flying is better in a manner of that, like, you know, as long as your friends are trying to not make you crash and, you know, make you, you know, that you have full visibility of the helicopter, they're tracking that heli no matter how far it is, how high it is. And you can, you can definitely kind of fly a little safer as far as like further out, further up and not have to worry so much. Um, and I feel like the frequency of lights, like the, you know, the flicker of the lights and the blades and stuff is a little bit different than the construction lights. So it does play with the depth perception a little bit less, I think, in my opinion. Well, it's usually battery operated, so there's no flicker, really. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I mean, some of them, some of them are plugged in too. Like I've I've seen ones plugged into generators, 
Yeah, they plug into 120 and stuff. Same, yeah, same bulbs and yep. everything. Yeah, yeah. But here, yeah. here's the the thing that you're talking about the depth perception and stuff, Steve. With the spotlights, and I think spotlight fine is perfectly okay, provided that you have two to three. Yeah, you need at least minimum two. You can't do it with one because if he loses it, then you're screwed. If you have two or three, and we're not talking about some rinky dinky piece of crap spotlight, we're talking about, you know, high quality, um, you know, super bright. Narrow, very far view. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not too narrow, but like a medium beam that'll reach out half a mile or something. That's what we're talking about. But the thing is, when you're flying, the source of light is is right beside or behind you. So you never see a shadow. You never, like when you're flying in the sun, certain orientations you can't maybe see or the hell is a silhouette. Huh? With a spotlight, you're always getting the perfect view of the heli in any orientation. Yeah, and That's something you don't really realize until you start thinking about it and until you see it in person. Because years ago, I was like, that's that." probably a little sketchy then after you see it a couple times you're like oh okay i get it you can see the heli absolutely perfectly even better than you can during the day yeah you can see see every orientation of the heli i mean there's no shadows or shading or anything like there is with the overhead sun so in a lot of ways the visibility is actually better yeah yeah now in my opinion i think combining those two is the best of both worlds Thing. Having the construction lights as your general floodlight of oh, the yes. field and the helicopter, yep. but then the having abs- the spotlights. Yep. Mm-hmm. The yeah, absolute definitely. best situation is a construction light just to light up everything, the flight line, the pits, and kind of yep. you get a lot of ambient light. Yep. And then a couple spotlights so that when you go out of the lights, you can still see it. And, I yep. mean, that's a that's a damn golden setup right there. Yes, indeed. So Cool. All right, let's move on to the next question here. Yep. Let me take this one. Sure. Gregory Sullivan asks, why did Align make a helicopter with a 3.8 to 1 tail ratio? Am I really going to run 3,000 RPM on my 600 Pro for the tail not to blow out? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they hate you. No. <laughs> no. Because it's cheaper. And it'll keep people from exploding the tails when they're running high head speeds. Yeah. Um, but it sucks, and I hate it. I can't stand it. The best, you need a 3.8 to 1 if you're going to run 2,300 head speed on your 700. And that's kind of what, you? well, I mean, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. It, it, well, I should say it depends. If you don't put the engineering and the the development and the design in to build a tail that won't explode when it's spinning sure. a zillion RPM, then the easiest way to do is just turn the tail a little bit slower, right? So the tail grips don't shoot off and all sorts of bad things happen. Okay. So the be- the the thing that I like to see is is options. I think every kit should have a couple, two to three different tail ratio options. If a 3.8, okay, that's fine if you're running really high head speeds. But I'd also like to see a 4.5 and a a 5.0 or something like that. Because for me, where I run lower, more moderate head speeds, I want a high tail ratio so that I can run low head speed 
high pitch and still not have tail blowouts. Yep. Um, I know goblins have options. Synergies have options. You know, various different ones will, will have different pulleys or gears to give you options for your tail ratio. So he, he asked the 3.81 tail ratio on the line 600 pro. And this is, this is more like my opinion about it and my speculation about it. But I think when they came out with that helicopter, it was in the trend of everyone going super high head speed. Right. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Know. And that's the easiest, cheapest way to make the tail not explode. Yeah. So like because the, because everybody, the trending of like how people were flying was crazy high head speed, crazy high pitch, that they could get away with that 3.821 and no one would care. And, you know, because they'll still hold great. And like you're saying, Andy, you don't have to over-engineer the tail so it doesn't blow up, you know, by using bigger bolts and mm-hmm. bigger spindles in the tail and stuff like that. Um, but now it's different. It's different because now there's a – it's half the community, I would say, is like still on that high head speed trend. But then you have half the community like you that are like – Nah, I don't need to run more than 1,800, like, on, you know, on my 700s. Like, you know, I'm perfectly fine around that yeah. range or 1,700. Yeah, you know? 2,000 is my max. Yeah. And I rarely go there. I'm usually, like, 1,850, 1,900. Yeah, yeah. Wild day. Yeah, you know, even my that's, goblin. That's all uh, I need. Yeah, my Black Thunder. That is, it's uh, 1,900 in bank two, and that's what I normally fly. Yeah, yeah, I do have a bank, you know, three of 2,050. But I rarely fly in that bank because I don't get enough flight time. Exactly. I get three and a half minutes. So I'd rather get exactly. four and a half minutes running 1900 exactly. and still have the tail hold perfectly, still have plenty of power, you know? So I just think Align did that during that time just to make sure that, you know, because they're just following that trend of people wanting to run. Well, then why are they time. still doing it? Are they? Yeah. So they don't offer anything else but a 3.8 to 1? Mm, I don't know I what don't it know. is, but the 700X is pretty damn low. The one I built or helped one of my friends set up. And the 470 I had, it was super low and crappy. And what about uh, what about Oxy only having a 3.8 on the, the Oxy 4 Max? They got like a 3.8, a 3.5, and a 3.2 or 3, but nothing over 3.8. Right. So why is that? Hmm. I guess they're not thinking you're going to fly lower head speed. I, I guess. Especially I mean, after they say in some of their, like the, the direct version of 2018, they were like, yeah, you know, 4,500 RPM or something like that and beyond. But I mean, it just seems silly to not, <laughs> no, have not give options. that options. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I understand, like, maybe for factory not to include i mean they have three like for the i don't know about the regular four but for the max they have three options and 3.8 is the like the bit the highest one you know what i'm saying yeah and i think the smaller the helicopters because you need so much head speed to keep the helicopter afloat Mm -hmm. you know that they have to run a small tail. Like I know an Oxy three, Oxy four, not the max. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't have the max, but I, I never looked into the max as far as what um, ratios they had. But I felt like the three and the four, like you had to run high head speed to for it to fly any to fly well. And at that point, you, you know, you need yeah. whatever tail ratio they're taking. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I had mine at twenty five hundred. Was the, like the lowest. Well, I was just. Comp- 
kind of comparing it to like my Protos 380, mm-hmm. where it had two options, and I think the the bigger one that is one I put in was either four point eight or five to one. Yeah, that's, so, the I mean, force, that's a big difference. Yeah, especially I'm looking at the four seventy, and it is it is three point seven one. Yeah, so and I that mean is, that's, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, but I think they're expecting people to to fly at. 3,200, 3,500, whatever. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. I want to get five minutes out of my battery and fly it at 2,700, 2,600. Yeah. I wonder what the tail gear ratio is on a Fireball or a Mini Comet because that thing spins at like (laughs) 5,000. One to one. (laughs) One to one. (laughs) I know the main gear is one to one, right? Because it's a drag drive. Uh, Um, I don't know. 0.8 Point eight to one. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up real quick. But also, yeah, you know, a small the the smaller tail system like that can spin faster naturally. Obviously, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably like three, somewhere between three, seven, and four. I bet. God, they don't even tell you. <laughs> um. All right, let's move on to our final question. Our final question. Yeah, and it's actually a tech question, another tech question here. So let's, uh, who else read this? I'll read it. Go for it, Kevin. You Eric, read it and I'll answer it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eric Bonfig uh, asked uh, or said, here's a tech question for you guys. I run a V-Bar Neo and use its Govna. Uh, Govna? Govna. How do I know when I should make a setting adjustment to the Neo Gov versus making a change to my Hobbywing 200, like P-Gain. Which one should I use and adjust? Keep up the great work on the show, guys. Apples and bananas, you yoders. <laughs> nice. Well, well th- th- this is a fairly straightforward question and answer. Yeah. But if you're using the Gov in your fly barless unit, yes. whether it's a Neo or a brain or whatever, then all the adjustments will be in that. Yes. You'll, you'll yeah. never touch the P gain or the D gain or any of the gains in the hobby wing. That you'll just set it, you'll yep. just set it to the, uh, the ramp up, the, all that crap. No, you don't use any of that. You just set it to airplane mode or heli linear. And mm-hmm. then all the tuning will be done in the fly barless unit. Yes. Because yeah, yeah I think now, Correct me if I'm wrong. I get this on my 690 because I have the Castle Gov. It doesn't matter which or Castle ESC. It doesn't matter which ESC you have. But mm-hmm. uh, the whole point of from startup to a certain RPM before the the V bar Neo takes over, there's mm-hmm. that there's like handoff. So you're kind of transitioning from the ESC to the V bar governor, and then it's all V bar Gov after that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, think about it, right? Like. You just said that you know you're you're running a neo gov, so you're running a neo gov. So all the gov tuning is in the neo. Um, the hobby wing or any ESC is just at that point, all you're all you're getting all it wants is a throttle point. Like what do you, what throttle percentage you want me to run, and that's all it does. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your gov on the neo is going to tell the ESC, oh crap, head speeds are dropping. He's dialing in fifteen degrees of pitch. And he's bogging like crazy, so we need to kick up that throttle endpoint. And I mean the the throttle percentage, and then it'll just kick, it'll just tell the ESC to run that. So all the tuning and gov tuning stuff, that's that's all in there. And like Kevin said, that once once you start spooling up a helicopter, uh, most likely like hobby wings, you do the the heli linear throttle out because you want that slow spool up. 
it does that slow spool up, and then at a certain point, it kicks over to the V-Bar Gov. And, and you know, the pre-4.1 Hobby Wing ESCs, they used to have that incorrect handshake or um, handover where you would spool up, it was too slow, and it would go, Wee! and it would just, like, ramp up super quick. Yeah. Because when it did the, um, the handshake saying, here, here's control over your throttle uh, since you're running the Gov, um, it, it never matched up. So it was like it went from like slow zero to twenty percent, and then went to like forty, and it just that's where you get that kick, and people freak out and say something's wrong, and blah blah blah. It's just because of that. So yeah, some yeah. of them can be violent. I can remember. Oh, mine used to be really violent until I yeah. updated it. Yeah. Yep. My yeah. the castle six ninety. Uh, that's not too bad. I mean, it's I'm used to it now, but like mm-hmm. I remember the the uh, seven hundred that that nitro. Was a little bit had had a had a certain point, you know, where you had to make sure you were on top of things. Mm, yeah. Yep. So yeah, Eric, um, Neo Gov, tune everything to Neo. Now, if you're running Hobby Wing Gov or Elf Gov or Store Gov, then yes, everything is now in the Hobby Wing, and Neo is now playing the dummy and doesn't care. You know, so that's where you would set it. So yeah, but awesome. Dude, that's a great question. Yeah, mm-hmm. great question. Excellent. Absolutely. Awesome. Actually, all of them. Great questions, guys. <laughs> yeah, all of them. I'm looking at you, Mike. Mm, shaking my finger. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give some shit to Mike. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mike's a great guy. He, he keeps on coming up to me. At, like, you know, when, like when we meet up at the uh, the club, he's like, am I doing something wrong? I, I didn't hear any Planker news. <laughs> I was like, no, don't worry about it. It's us. Not you. It's me. It's Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's because I don't like holding a phone and it doesn't sound good. I'm trying to get better quality, which we're going to test today on this episode. All right. Yeah. Actually, let's go into that before news and announcements, huh? How about it? All let's right. give it a shot here. Okay. Let me cue this sucker up. Cue it up. Okay. All right. Here we go. Free fall, guys. This is Mrs. IX12. Have you seen my husband? Mr. IX12? Last time he went missing, an Atlantic City slot machine showed up with two Game Boys claiming that he was their daddy. <laughs> if you see him, please send him home because if I find him, his electronic nutsack will be removed by me with a soldering iron. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Freefall RC Planker Channel News Service Show. Is it a show letter? Um, a special shout out to uh, Andy. Andy, thanks for the cream. Uh, the swelling's gone down and the rash is clearing up. Appreciate that. You bet. Episode 7. Wow, we're still on the air. So, what's on the show tonight? Couple of things we've got. Uh, we've got a report from um, Colorado, uh, the team Fakwa uh, at the Grand Canyon, trying to break some heli records for altitude and so forth. We'll get to we'll get to that shortly. We've also got uh, some insight to a new company that has a heli that runs on wishful thinking. That'd be interesting. Before we go any further, I would like some help from the folks. If anybody. Uh, runs across my IX12. My my, my uh, transmitter is MIA. 
unknown where it is or how long it's been missing, but uh, the box is empty. So help me out, guys. Okay, let me call these guys. Yeah, hi. I have a problem with these uh, blades you sent me. Uh, what's the matter with your blade? Well, uh, a few things. First, they have, they've been sharpened. Someone sharpened them. How is she going to cut things? Wait. Well, <laughs> what? I don't... Uh... What the fuck? All right, hold on, hold on. <laughs> these, are, uh, these are for my Goblin 570. A Gobbler 57? Can I talk to somebody else? <laughs> hey, Tony. Hey, got a live one over here. All right, listen, shithead. Get to the fucking point before I get mean. All right, so... All right, wait a minute. Let me start over. So these are for my helicopter, my RC helicopter. Um, the problem is they're not they're not new. These say, um, right on the bottom, it's it says uh, property of Tom Kelly. Let's just take your Sharpie, you cross it out, you're good to go. <laughs> Hey, wow, here we are in Colorado at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I'm here helping uh, Team Fakwa. I don't know what that means, but that's the team name. So anyway, these guys are here for a few um, attempts at some records, uh, to break a couple records with helis. Uh, the first one is they're going to try the highest auto rotation. So I'm up here at the top. Um, I've got the little mobile uh, microphone set up up here. I'm at the top, and they are... Down, well, I don't can't tell. I can't see them from here, but they're down the bottom. We've got radio communications between us, and they're going to tell me when to let this thing fly. Lou, it's Mike here up on the top. You guys ready? Yeah, stand by, Mike. Yeah, that's Lou Stromolo. Lou is the team leader and also the pilot. Yeah, Mike, we're ready to go. Yeah, Roger, Lou, I'm, I'm in position, and just let me know when to let it run. Okay, you all prepped? I'm in position, Lou, sure, sure. Just let me know when you want me to let this let this go. Yeah, we're ready down here, go ahead. You want me to do the countdown? Okay, here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. There it goes. It's going. It's just going. <laughs> we got no control. We have nothing. What do you mean? I let it go. We have absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's just tumbling like a rock. Wait, what? You fucking idiot. Did you turn it on? <laughs> All right. Ground crew. Ground crew. Yeah, guys, it's just falling like a rock. When it gets there and you have to pick it up, I want you to climb back up to the top and beat the shit out of Mike D with it. <laughs> Ever wonder if there's someone dumber than you? The cats in the studio. Dude, what is it? Well, I don't know anything you just said. Actually, I didn't listen to the tape, so I don't know what happened. What a mess. Better piloting skills through drugs and alcohol. Cut to something else. Cut to something else. In their pocket. Oh, wait a minute. Now I get it. Pocket. Yeah. Let's get this See guy out of here. Hey, man, can I buy some pot from you? <laughs> wait. What? 
Oh, hey, uh, meanwhile, Luana, wait, what? Ailerons on the heli were, were backwards. Ever wonder if podcasts are G-rated? All right, listen, shithead. Are you a fucking idiot, sir? Get to the fucking point before I get mean. Dude, are you fucking stupid? Dickhead, what the fuck, man? You fucking idiot, did you turn it on? What the fuck? Free four guys. That means you're full of shit. Ever wonder how many locations... Stop, 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 stop. This is horse shit. Look, listen to Free Fall RC Podcast and the Planker segment, or I'm going to show up at your house and tell your spouse about that new heli you didn't want anybody to know about. Hello, IX12 here. This time my segment on this shit show is about nipple piercing. Once you pick out a ring type, you have to pick a gauge or size you want. Oh shit. Hi, hun. Don't hun me. What the fuck, man? I got a flat tire. A flat? You don't drive, shithead. Your art is stupid to drive. Oh. You did a great job messing with Mike D with the coffee maker. Oh. But, I have my brother the coffee grinder with me and he will teach you a lesson for screwing around on me. Oh shit. Let's fuck him up, brother. Oh damn. I'm going to hurt you bad. Oh shit. Real bad. Oh, oh, oh. That's loud. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, there. So, there it was. There it is. There it is. I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope the audio quality is better this time because this is, uh, I mean, you got to see this rig, this thing, this, you know. So, Kevin, just for your information, I know you didn't really know. I busted out our um uh, our field mixer, I guess, the 12-channel mixer that we have. Oh, and okay. my mic is going into that mixer, and so is my phone that's going into a line-in. And then that gets mixed down into my pre-Sonos audio box, which then goes into my computer into <laughs> Skype. So, Very nice. Um, and all the wiring and everything is, you know, meant for at the field. So, you know, 20 foot, 25, 30 feet of... Yeah, of, of you know, XLR cable. It's going to trip and get strangled to death. In I there. mean, the, the box is like the mixer's on top of the box, and the box is kind of oh, tipping over my base case here. And <laughs> on, quarter on the floor, quarter on the the, the table here. I mean, on the, the guitar. You know, let me just take a picture. <laughs> oh. um, just so, so that I, I could have the headphones close enough so I could listen to the feed while it's going out. Yeah, it's a pretty big mess here but so you're saying any moment we could lose you possibly if you fall uh but it worked right i it mean did it, did, did it sound good it sounds yeah, sound better good. than me just holding the phone right yeah okay Definitely. cool all right so mike this is the reason why we haven't played your your segment for a little while it's because of this we wanted to improve it especially after the first episode you're like what the shit i worked so hard to get this audio quality to be good and then it sounds like shit I was like, oh, sorry. That's my fault. We were just playing it over my mic. <laughs> True story. He did come and say that to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. All right. Cool. Let's move to news and announcements. Okay. News and announcements. All, all right. right. Ooh, so, yeah, we got the Free Fall RC Podcast HeliFest 2019. The fourth annual. The fourth annual. Yeah. The fourth year. 
June 21st through 23rd at the Allens Airport, 231 Landing Road, Southampton, New Jersey. Southampton. Or is it Southampton? Or Southampton. Yes. There's only one H. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That Mm. messed me up when I first started going there because I thought it was Southampton. No. It's actually one. Southampton. It could be, but it's one word. Southampton. A Jersey thing, I guess. I don't know. Southampton. Southampton. <laughs> suit anthem. Wouldn't it be suit? Wouldn't S O U T be suit? No, I'm saying S O U. Southampton. 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 I think you have to say it by like taking your hand and flaring it down. <laughs> Pointing it down while you say it. Southampton. Southampton. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Southampton. All right. All right. All right. And it's so, yeah. only six weeks away. I know. Got to make it out to our fun fly. Oh, six weeks away. I got to post that. Uh, the flyer. <laughs> six um, weeks away. Yeah. Corn boy. You better have all that corn done. Damn. I don't want to hear, well, if the weather cooperates, <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. Yes. So Don't, don't worry. Those crops will be there mm-hmm. when you get back. Maybe. <laughs> Not if yeah, I don't plant them. <laughs> yeah. I hope you plant them before June. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't they already be in the ground? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that 600 be fixed by now? <laughs> Shit. It's got to be one or the other, right? You got to either fix the 600 or at least have your crops at there. Yeah. Yeah, you should bring your uh, N7 too. So I could do a full teardown. Okay. At the field. I can't guarantee you'll have all the bolts. <laughs> no, no, but uh, no, I, need should, sti- I need to stick a, an engine in it and then give it, then I can fly it around until I get a full teardown. Yeah. As it's smashing in the ground and tear it down. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. What else do we got here? Huh? Ooh, yeah. This is I, this week. Huh? I for, yeah. I forgot to mention it last week, but it's Joe Nall week at the uh, Triple Tree Aerodrome. Joe Nall. I hope everyone's having fun there. Yeah. I want to make it out to this one day. I was going to save this for website comments, but uh, I, like I mentioned him before, Kyle Lydic, uh He's on YouTube as Will Will M Racer, and mm-hmm. he's been posting a ton of stuff from yeah. Joe Nall. Nice, yeah, it's been some some cool stuff. A lot of like warbirds, and he's into all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. some uh, a P thirty eight. I saw a large Corsair. Uh, some pretty cool stuff. He's been yeah, posting. it's it's definitely a place everyone should check out because you see all kinds of huge uh, warbirds and and jets and all of the big 3d planes and mm-hmm. everything in between yep. gliders there's helis at one end there's a whole section that's just electric stuff you know foamies and whatnot but it's it's re- fairly really quite impressive if you've never been for yeah sure i like to eventually make it down there one of these uh years mm-hmm. for sure you, know. you should yeah maybe urchin um, this year next year you know yeah uh, um, so com- kind of coinciding with that week is we usually get a lot of new airplane releases and equipment and stuff. Sure. And yeah. one thing I saw is a new updated carbon Z cub. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 
I put this in here because I was the Carbon Z Cub was uh, one of my favorite planes, I guess. Up till well, I've still got one. I had one. Did you, would you believe this? Carbon Z Cub is the first aileron equipped plane that I had. No way. Really? Nope. Nope. Went really from, from all the flight test ones and stuff too? Yeah, I didn't have I didn't find any flight test stuff. I didn't really find flight test till I was already, you know moving away from uh, Well, things. I mean not moving away, but like I could fly and sport fly. So I had uh, I started with the the champ, the little park zone, mm-hmm. little bitty yeah. thing. And then got the sport cub. They had the old brushed version one. You remember that? It was white and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was a three channel. And then got a carbon Z cub, like <laughs> right yes. when it first came out, when it was released. Wow. Like I got to have you just it. Moved up the club huge. Scale. Yeah. 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 Well, now, how big was this carbon Z? Was it the same 2.1 meters? It's, uh, yeah. Like 84 inches, I think. Oh, is that what 80s, this is? 80 something. I think it's the same, actually. I am looking right now. Yeah. 84, 84 inch wingspan. And the price is like half the well, not half, but the price is like a hundred dollars off what the Carbon Z was. Like mm-hmm. four twenty nine is, I think it was five twenty nine or five ninety nine when it came out. I don't was it? I thought it was about that much. I no. thought it was in the five hundreds too, but I could be. It might have been five. I don't know. It could have been. So I don't really know exactly what they updated and changed about it. Um, but the wing looks the landing to gears. Me. The wing looks this. Yeah, you're right. The wing squared off instead of rounded. It's squared off and also it's drooping so. at the tips at the trailing edge. I don't think the the other one was like that, is it? I'm not seeing the droop. You uh, see, like oh, on the timber, yeah. like the timber it's wing like rolled over. It's yeah. rolled down. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the timber is. The gear is is much better. It has the spring, the mm-hmm. shock absorbing landing gear. Also, so. the uh, the wing struts are different too. There's an added piece in the middle of the wing struts to add more stability. It looks no, like. it, uh, old one had that. They did. They had the vertical pieces there. Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't cost it. But that. the gear on the old one was just a wire, and it mm-hmm. was pretty. Yeah. Pretty, it would bend and stuff. You landed too hard. Did the original have AS3X and save? Yes. Was that it? It had AS3X, but no save. But, no save. but not the safe select. No, yeah. Okay. Right. Very cool, man. Well, I'm glad to see this come back because this is a fantastic flying airplane. I mean, yeah, it's big, but it just flies awesome. I didn't know that that ever went away, though. I thought, like, you could always get the, the I don't, Yeah, I don't guess it did, but a new but release. It's nice that they're. Yeah, it's nice that they're updating and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I kind of like the red. I don't know. Yeah, is it orange or is it red? It kind of looks orange to me. Either one, I like it. It's orange. Yeah, it definitely has an orange hue to it. But some some pictures it looks red. Like when you look at the Mm -hmm. in-flight pictures, it looks definitely red. Check that out. And then when I was looking that thing up, I saw another new plane for Horizon. Yeah, you beat me to it. like right up my friggin' alley. Mm-hmm. Like, this is I want this so bad. <laughs> so we got the timber. It's the Hangar Nine. So it's balsa timber one ten thirty to fifty cc arf. It's a hundred and ten inch balsa timber. You put a gas engine in. Damn, those control surfaces in the rear are humongous, and the wings. Wow, this kind of looks a whole lot like the uh, Turbo Bushmaster, to be honest. It does 
but it's from. But see, it has that same wing design where it the, the tips droop in a little, droop down. Mm-hmm. I like that it has leading uh, slats and the leading edge slats. Yeah, you could put those on if you want, like super slow flight, uh, mm-hmm. super short takeoff landing. Yeah, this thing sweet. Put a fifty yeah. gas engine in there. Fifty gasser, yeah, yeah, be That's badass. Slick looking man. I I'm not. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sold on the the scheme of it. I mean, I like the features, I like the look of the plane, but I'm not, I'm not sold on the yellow, red, blue. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I like yellow though. It's very I like easy yellow, to but I don't like it with yeah. the red. I think, yeah. I think if it's just yellow and blue, it'd be fine. But the yeah. red just is off putting for me. I don't think they should have mixed the black in. Is that black or is that blue on the top above the motor there? <laughs> Wow. Oh, on top of the motor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that kind of... I either take the blue out and leave that, or I don't know, yeah. But they do that on on real uh, planes for for a purpose, so that there's no glare, right? Like, isn't that... Yeah. The, the like, full-scale reason why they put black on the the top like that? Yeah. But, um... So. Yeah, but it's cool, though. I'm glad that, like, Hangar 9 and, you know, it's, it's like they're producing planes like this, like versatile like you could just stole it and veto yeah. kind of deal. what i like about these type of planes is is what i've said multiple times about the bushmaster it doesn't fly 3d as good as an extra and an edge right and it doesn't well i don't know it probably does stole stuff as good as about anything you could find i would think so yeah okay so it doesn't do 3d as good as a dedicated 3d airframe mm-hmm. but it does everything pretty good yeah so you can yeah do a stole takeoff in 18 inches and then do torque rolls over the runway or harrier rolls incredible flat spins and just about anything you could think of and then come down and land it within four feet yeah. you know just it's just very versatile or very very fun if you kind of like high wing type stuff you know, it's not not super hmm. fast or anything, but just absolute a hoot to fly. Nice. Hmm. I'm curious about one of the pictures here. It says multiple hatches allow plenty of open spaces for assembly and battery changes, and the hatch they're showing looks like you have to screw it in. Kind of. It's probably uh, for electronics and stuff. Yeah, but it also said for battery changes. So I'm curious: is that where the receiver? battery goes and if so you have to unscrew it when you need to charge it i don't know because it looks like there's uh is there another access port access panel you can use that looks like that's on the bottom yeah which means you probably wouldn't be taking that off very often i don't know but nonetheless uh it's nice that they're pushing the flight envelope and pushing you know this design because the timber is actually a really good platform yeah it's a great a great airplane yeah, so pushing um, it to the 110 inch wingspan of 50 cc gasser. Yeah, that's gonna be very nice. Uh, if you, it's uh, 699 dollars for mm-hmm. the ARF. Comes with big seven inch Tundra tires, uh, fully covered ultra coat. Seven inch. Damn. That's wow. I'm yeah. just trying to picture it, what it, it, that looks like. It accepts the Hangar Nine. Cub Crafters X Cub 60cc articulated landing gear, which are even bigger. Wow. Uh, you could get floats, 
Um, you can do you can do it gas or electric if you wanted to. But in my opinion, we get to this size, gas was the only way to go. That hatch is on the top, Steve. That's right between the wings on the top. If you look at the one picture top view, but it looks like they're using like thumb screws or something. Yeah, right. You see the two holes, and there's like a little lip on the bottom part. Yeah, yeah. I do see that on top because I see the ailerons or the flaps right next to it on the side. I see other hatches like on the left side of it. It probably screws on. It might have thumb screws, which is pretty well standard for airplanes this size. Yeah. Yeah, probably get it on and off pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And when it's gas, I mean, you don't really have to take it off all that often. Right. Um, yeah. Just to, just to get your pa- charge back, basically. So once a day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a thirty to fifty cc engine, painted fiberglass cow. Yeah, it seems pretty standard as far as like yeah, you know, the aluminum spinner and all that stuff. Yeah, it looks good. Cool. Let's see the weight. So when are you getting one? Uh, I don't know. Probably never. Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> I want one, but I know you do. Life's short, co- man. I'd I'd have, you know, it costs. Well, the problem is, I probably wouldn't fly it very much because I'm not even flying the planes I have now. They've just been sitting here. I guess when I get bored with helis, I'll get one. Buying airplanes doesn't mean you're buying them to fly them all the time. Just saying. What am I going to do with it? I got room for all the shit I got now. <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have here? I always talking about the Aura 8 from Flex Innovations. Right. They've got an updated one that's the Aura 8 Professional, which is a aluminum case. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what all's different about it. But they also said they're going to have a 12, which would be cool for cool. bigger airplanes and stuff. And they um, said they're at so the, it's the 8 and 12, are there just the amount of channels it has, or is that correct. Like the version? That, that's the, the amount of uh, ser- you know chan- hookups, servo okay. connectors. Okay, yeah, yeah, 8 ports, yeah. Okay. So the 8, you can have up to 8 different servos. Yep. So, but that's, mm, that's almost not enough for a big plane where you got multiples on control surfaces. So yeah. 12 yeah. is perfect. But the thing is, it still uses an S-Bus system. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can still S-Bus it to something else. Or... Oh, that's cool. Well, that'd be S-Bus to go to your receiver. You'd want yeah. all your like all your aileron, elevator, and stuff would right, be running through this. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, let me see, it looks like it has a... It's high voltage, too. It looks like you can... Yeah, it looks like it has slide. a power bus mm-hmm. uh, set up in here. Yeah. It should be cool. Yeah, input voltage 6 to 10 DC. Yeah, I thought I saw the thing where you could hook your uh, you know, receiver pack straight. Yeah, if it's 6 this, to 10 volts, right? So, yeah, you 6 can to do 10 it would be straight to us. 7.4s. Yeah. Usually your receiver. Yeah. Yeah, dual high power battery inputs with switching capability. So nice. you can put, you can have, right? You put like on, like I say, this is more designed for larger planes, so you, gas and and whatever. So you have two receiver packs. One goes bad, it automatically switches to the other one. 
without draining both of them. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So anyway, check that out. They're at Joe Nall. If you're there, um, yes. If you're there, you're probably going to listen to this on your drive back home. So I hope you looked at it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody would listen to a podcast while they're at Joe Nall. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, check it out. It's really cool. I, I really like the Aura 8 and the planes I have it in. You can kind of set it up to do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it works really good for 3D stuff because it it's there for when you're not touching the stick. takes out some of the wind and stuff like that. But when you get on the sticks, it's not in your way. Like you don't even know it's there. It doesn't. You can do any 3D maneuver with it just about as well as you can do without any gyro. So it doesn't, it never fights you or any of that kind of stuff. Right, right. Really cool. good setup. Nice. Yeah, it looks like they have this thing in, in some of the pictures in a jet. Yeah, a lot of guys run them in the, the Mamba. big expensive jets. Mm-hmm. They come st- standard with the Mamba gas plane yep. the um, jet set flex sales uh like flex QQ jet? has a well they have a, a turbine jet oh with okay. thrust vectoring and stuff it's nice. they use it in that yeah. i've seen them guys put them all kinds of sport jets you know i'm talking about the big you know eight ten thousand dollar rigs yeah what did you got the price there i forgot yeah. to mention that yeah so the price right now for the Aurora 8 Professional is two forty nine ninety nine, and the Aurora 12 Professional is two ninety nine ninety nine. So $50 difference. Might as well just yeah. get the more channel, you know? Especially if you need that's it. A, like, yeah, that's stuff. a pretty big price jump from the regular Aura 8. It's only 100 It is. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. The regular Aura is just 99 bucks. But like so. I said, if you're... This is more designed to put in your gas giant-scale 3D plane that's, mm-hmm. you know spending 5,000 bucks on. So yeah, even the way you mount it, like the Aurora mm-hmm. eight looks like you just mount it with double-sided tape. This exactly. one, you bolted it, you can bolt yeah. it in mm-hmm. yeah, aluminum. And it's, yeah. it's definitely designed for the, the, the higher more expensive, higher end stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Nice. nice. Yep. You guys got anything else for news announcements? Nope. Um, no, the only thing I'm going to say, <laughs> Is uh, if you are an SAB Goblin Kraken owner, there is a Kraken owners page, and I highly recommend joining that page. Um, you know, it's in the manual or when the kit, when you get the kit, there's an extra card that comes with it that has your serial number, and you know, asking to join this page. I've already seen several improvements that um, Enrico is going to be working on. And some news and stuff that he's released on that page. So if you mm-hmm. own a Kraken, you should definitely go check it out. Um, I don't want to say it because I want people to go there and actually look, you know. Yeah. I mean, and then maybe next week I'll 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 tell you what's on there. <laughs> we'll see. But um, definitely check that out. I I like that he he that they did that, and you know that he's active in there. Like every single post of people are like, "Well, this is kind of." like questionable or maybe like oh i have a question about this or um, you know maybe my you know i think uh andrew posted a picture he's like yeah my battery trace just a tad loose um and 
you know, Enrico jumped on it. Okay, we we see this. We could do this, do this to fix it temporarily. We're gonna also fix it in our next revision of the kit. So it's nice that um, he's taking that feedback like live, you know, like real time, and and throwing it back and figuring out what he can do. So it's, cool. it's nice to have that connection to the uh, the designer of the helicopter. Yeah, I had one more thing that I just now remembered. Mm-hmm. There's a a competition down in um, Nashville in a few weeks. Actually, oh, yeah? it's the same weekend of their HeliFest. Uh, let me get to it here. But if you're down in Alabama, Tennessee area, and want to do F3C competition, you might want to attend this. Anyways, uh, is there anything else? or should we uh, move Yeah, on to- this uh, 25th annual Music City Helicopter Championships. And oh, okay. If I don't like it, twenty fifth, huh? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it says uh, one eleven Daniel Mc McHallen, M C M A H O N Lane, Franklin, Tennessee, three seven zero six four. It's June twenty first through the twenty third. Uh, field opens the twenty first for practice. And I'm looking at caseco slash inc.com. So that's C A S E C O dash I N C dot com. Seems to have the info. Uh, nice. For more information, for more information, you can contact Tim DePerry at 615-591-7399. He's the CD for the event. But like I said, check that out if you want to do some F3C competition and you're down in Tennessee, Alabama, anywhere around there. Cool. Sounds good. Nice, dude. Awesome. Okay, so what's next for you, Nahabi? Kevin? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully (laughs) the weather's going to be nice and I'll get some flying in. Nice. That's what I'm going to do. Cool. What about you, Andy? I'm going to plant more corn. Yes. Keep keep planting 24-7. Plant the shit might, out of that corn. I might, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll get this uh, 600, do a remade, and break the engine in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Try to get it back to him by this next weekend. So nice. I'm going to try to do that in between planting corn. Yeah. All right. What about you, Steve? What are you going to be doing? I want to fly more. So if the weather's nice, I'm, I think I'm going to forego bring out, you know, all my helicopters and maybe just bring one or two and then bring out that 60-inch extreme flight. What? Because yes. I can, fly I, I that can, stupid thing. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as the, I don't care if the weather is, like, overcast or anything like that, but I just – because it's such a light plane and it's, like, my first time flying something this big, I'd like to have lowish winds. You know, if it's under 10 miles per hour, I'll probably do it. You know? I should have went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got my mixer here, too. I can add some effects, too, I think. Yeah. Right. I don't know how to do this. show's going all the shit now. Hello? Hello? When you get the wah effect, let me know. I don't know what to say. I'm just going to turn that to Matt. Steve. This is God talking. I can't. Oh wait, I can't even hear myself. So I don't even know if it's even working or not. 
I don't know. Okay, whatever. Okay, so... Are you idiots done? Yeah, yeah, we're done. No. At least, at no, least I am. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so yeah. that's it. We know what everybody's doing. Yeah. Yep. All right, good. We're going to wrap it up. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Wrap this shit up. Wrap this shit up. Yeah, paper or plastic? <laughs> wrap paper. it plastic. If it's shit we're wrapping up, we need to put it in paper so I can light it on fire and put it on Bill's porch. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Love you, Bill. Love you, Bill. Seeing Bill once in a while at a fun fly is okay. Hitting Bill in the head with an airplane, priceless. <laughs> and having him go, what the hell? Priceless. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Did he say that? Yeah. With that deflection in his voice? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, we have- I was trying to buzz him, Andy. It was hysterical. <laughs> well, he shouldn't have been out on the flight line. He didn't want to get hit with something. Wasn't he flying? I don't know. What, I don't know what it, it might have been. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's why he was out there. Yeah, maybe that's why he was out of flight line, because he was flying a plane, too. Well, he still shouldn't have been out there. <laughs> he shouldn't have been in the way of your airplane. He shouldn't have. Okay, all right, all right. Let's get back. <laughs> okay, so so Facebook is funny because I know last week I just oh, looked shit. it up. We had 907 likes, but this week we have 911 likes. But I only have three names. So 911. So 911. Nice. 911. And here we go. <clears throat> I'm guessing this is um, Michael's brother. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say his last name. Like, is it Mike? Yeah, I think so. So, cue the music, because I'm definitely going to ruin this last name, even though I sort of know what it's supposed to sound like. Mike. So, John. Line son of a bitch. Line son of a bitch zip. <laughs> Line zip. <laughs> uh, Rob Croy and Jochen Banderhauer. Ben. Ben Hauer. Ben Hauer. Ben Hauer. Ben Hauer. Is that Lop Zip or Lop Lop Zig? Lop Zig. This guy we know, wasn't it? The G? Oh, yeah. Is it a G? Oh, maybe not. L-E-I-P-Z-I-G. Oh, so it's not line. It's it's. Oh, no. Steve just typed it wrong. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yeah, I just, that, that's my type. Well, you know what he told me at Birmingham? He said he was going to have every one of his family subscribe to our thing so that you'd have to say the name over and over and over. Nice. <laughs> that's cool, man. So that's probably that. somebody. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a good I've dude. One mutual friend, Michael C. Leipzig. I bet you this is his, uh, yeah, brother or someone. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Okay, Facebook comments. What do we got? Well, we have some Facebook comments on our last post of the Spring Fling recap. Mike Lewandowski said, Steve, yes, totally loss of orientation. That was the first time flying Goblin at night. No spotlights, only construction lights. Yeah. Thinking my brain thought the tail was the pod, no canopy, totally lost it. Almost tossed Josh the transmitter. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny to see. Uh but it was attached to his neck. Uh, crashes happened, but definitely not his intention. 
and he enjoyed listening to the episode at work. Uh, time flies when he's thinking about flying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ross Cooper Smith said, great sh- show as ever, guys. Steve, do you think your crack and shutdown could have been the Scorpion issue posted in the Hangout? And he posted yep. a link. <clears throat> yep. I believe that that's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Because since you added that that, that uh, cap pack there. Uh-huh. Yep. The, bar, the buffer pack, the R2 yeah. buffer Yep. Uh, Mark Ritchie said, nice one, boys. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Todd Minichino said, man, great job as usual, dudes. NJT commute from Montclair to NYC. This AM was tolerable. Part two on the return trip. Awesome stuff. Oh, man. God bless you, dude. uh, I know exactly where he's coming from, man. Yeah, I know exactly where he's coming from and where he's going. Uh, mm-hmm. John Cook said, awesome podcast. Good to see you guys. The crack and mishap would have been fine if the blades didn't fold up and take out the end of the boon on impact. He was running mm-hmm. 2300 RPM when he lost power and went in with some inertia. Very yep. minimal, goblin strong. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, that's John talking about his son, Jason Cook. Justin. Uh, Justin Cook, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, I was reading something else. Um, Mike D said, oh, man, it is awesome when the episodes are released in time for me to listen to them on Thursday night while I'm in the RC workshop. When they come in late on Thursday, I have 10 minutes at a time while I'm working Fridays to to listen to podcasts. Still needs more Mike D, but at least I can get through an episode without barfing now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, True love and respect to three wonderful guys and dear friends. Thanks, as always. Awesome, Mike. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks. Those are those are the comments I saw. Real quick. Awesome. All right. Do we have any website comments? Oh, I didn't even look at that. I know we do. All right. So what I'll do is the couple things that I have here. Um, I'll mention. So I forwarded. Uh, well, Gray Eagle Junior says a supportive reminder. Please shirt. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> about the uh, the t-shirt and I did mention back saying lol yeah for sure you'll be the first one to get an app and to get one uh, if we do go with the tiktok into greatness <clears throat> um, and then we had some couple of uh, forum uh, not forum the uh, website submissions oh yeah and yeah so Eric Bertram our friend Bertram said holder Yoder, 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 Holder. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And then we have another one from Donna Cotman saying, Yes, you guys should get Raja and Ben Storkon. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Been trying to get Raja on, but it's like scheduling and everything. Yeah. And then Ben, you know, Ben's on the West Coast, so it makes it kind of difficult. Can't, too because, you can't get Raja because he flies 18 hours every day. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably flying right now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what else do we have here? Uh, Javier wrote us. Oh, yeah. A couple of times said, uh, hey, guys, I found out the root cause of my Goblin 500 crash. It was not the battery as he suspected. And he learned a couple of valuable lessons. Uh, for a few months now, he's been uh, flying the Team Digi fly barless, and he checked the logs. Turns out the unit went into fail-safe, so he basically lost signal to the Spectrum satellites. 
He says, I definitely don't think it was a brownout just too far away. And then the signal signal was likely shadowed by the tree as it went below. Uh, lost line of sight, <clears throat> lost signal. How far out is he that? He must have been pretty far out if uh, he thinks Well, that. I think we might have should have. There was another email explaining the crash. He had another crash this time yeah, with yeah. his 500. Oh, did I read the wrong one? Yeah, so first email saying he had a crash with oh, his 500. Sorry. But, yeah, uh, you'd have to be like a really, really far away. Like there's no even chance of seeing a 500 heli if you go far enough for it to yeah, lose signal. To lose so, signal. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm saying it's know. possible, but. Yeah, I mean, looking mm. far away. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know I, how he had his antennas. If you had the antennas yeah. in a bad spot, it could have shielded I, it. I, you know, true. I don't trust the spectrum satellites anymore. I mean, that's just my opinion. I know other folks will say, but like, I don't know. If especially when the heli starts to get further away, I just I don't trust it. I don't well, trust yeah, those little stubby antennas sticking I out of that satellite. Lost a signal on my quad that i have the i have two satellites and they're in two mm-hmm. different orientations but if i spin that thing around the in the right way well I, that's I, what i'm saying and, and you don't have a lot of antenna sticking out so unless yeah. you're really 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 careful with the placement of those satellites it wouldn't be that unreasonable to think you could get a blind spot yeah so he goes into saying um he learned two lessons make sure uh that he tests the fail safe with the blades off uh, on the last step of configuration, which isn't a bad thing to do, and uh, try not to fly too far away. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that. Isn't failsafe? Um, I thought spectrum failsafe is set when you bind a helicopter or yeah, bind to the satellite. I don't know if it's the same as uh, the airplane setup, but yeah, that's definitely how it is with the airplanes. It is, but don't you have to set fly bar set it in the fly barless unit also to do something? Uh, it's been so oh, long. I don't remember. Yeah, possibly. I, yeah, and I don't know the three digit at all. But and I don't really remember. You have to tell. You have to tell the fly barless unit what, what to you? do if it doesn't see a signal. Uh, okay, so okay. you do have to tell it. Okay. Right. And then yes. what was the second? What was the second lesson? You didn't go the to the second. second. Yeah, I said, I'll try uh, not to fly, not to fly too, far too far away. away. Yeah. Just uh, would practice. I still fly pretty far away sometimes, and then I have Steve saying, "You got to stop pushing." Stop pushing it out. You should yeah. see me. I fly so far away, even I can't see it. Yeah, it was hard to videotape you. <laughs> but that's when you're doing an auto, dude. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Definitely when he does an auto. But he, you fly I knew, pretty high I knew it was a boring flight when Steve's videotaping me, and he starts looking at other things. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's just holding the phone up, and then he's looking back over his shoulder and see what's going on over in the pits. And no. I was just looking at his watch and his phone and. I thought one point he's gonna sit down, gonna take go, a nap. Wait, wait, how am I gonna go look it's at my dinner? phone? <laughs> my phone is recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Going through nah, but, <laughs> holding it out, going through Facebook, holding the straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Flicking, uh-huh. flicking, flick, uh-huh. flick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, well, nothing's happening here. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> now your flight, I think we got a lot of a lot of views on your flight and stuff. You know, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> It's People want to see you fly, man. People want to see you fly. Yeah, we'll have to do more at the Heli Fest. Definitely. I wasn't prepared. Definitely. Man, maybe something bigger so it's easier to see. <laughs> yeah. I need a 700 and not keep it close. Gasser. I want to see your gassers. Yeah. Maybe I'll have one of them fixed by then. Yeah, please. Got to get gotta get a decent amount of stuff ready to go. All right. Uh, any other website comments that we want to go over? 
Any other emails? Oh, wait. No, no. Chris Bream sent us something, too. Oh, yeah? Well, read it, man. Yeah, so Chris Breams, our friend Chris, uh, emailed us saying, show idea and promotion of heli events. We all know Model Aviation Magazine doesn't promote many events other than Urcha. Well, how about getting Jay Smith, the editor of the magazine, on and ask him what he's looking at for in an article and photos of an event. How to get them in for the magazine. Maybe someone who would be interested in writing an article for them of these events. Seeing and hearing about Spring Fling, your event, uh, or other promoting helicopters, um, any other facets of model aviation, uh, maybe even getting them to recognize RC-related podcasts and doing a promotion of those as well. We know they are behind the times, but maybe you and the crew can catch them up with the new, uh, new to them technology. Hope it works out. Yeah, I mean that's a good idea. Like I feel like um, I've been wanting to talk to Chris. Um his name McKaylee McKaylee the guy that writes the Haley article it's kind of hoping to see him at Spring Fling and he wasn't there it's yeah. like Chris McCanny yeah 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 Mulcanny or something like that Mulcanny yeah so he's a really cool dude and he writes the Haley article I'd, he'd be an interesting guy to talk to yeah yeah I think definitely he'll be an interesting guys to talk to and I think they should probably I mean doesn't have to be us, but I think that you know, AMA magazine should do some highlights of like podcasting um, folks. You know, like mm-hmm. us. I mean, I know the roundtable. Um, I think Terry writes for AMA magazine, but they all uh, three do. They all three do, yeah. So, but like you know, outside of that podcast, like do they write about flight test podcasts or after hours or us or who gets you know, like all the other podcasts because you know they're. AMA magazine and AMA themselves obviously have some influence um, out there, but so do we, right? So it's like, why not gather our audiences and and show everyone the all the facets of this hobby, you know, not just the airplane side? Because, I mean, I haven't flipped through the latest AMA magazine, but I know what to expect, you know? Airplane, airplane, ads, ads, airplane, ads, airplane, ads, airplane, airplane, you know? Like, so... To open, like, I know people out there probably, well, we're not into helicopters, so we don't really care. And, you know, that's such a niche market within the RC community. So, whatever, we don't care. But, I mean, you never know. Like, there's folks that will listen or that will read the magazine and see a helicopter and be like, that looks kind of cool. And then maybe they'll go to an event and be like, whoa, this just blew my mind. And then and then get into it, you know, and, and not have to leave the airplane side, but get into both. You know, get into all the different disciplines, you know. Yeah. I just think it's good to just spread the knowledge, spread the the exposure of that this is out there for all of us, whether, you know, and if you'd like to join us and, and partake in it, then you're more than welcome to do so. And here's the ways you can, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so I think it's definitely a good idea, um, you know, and yeah, I, do like the idea, I do like the idea of having like, the you know maybe some non like not normal folks entering these articles you know or it could even be like helicopter folks that wrote for other magazines that are no longer around maybe they can drop an article or two with the AMA magazine you know mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good idea yeah you know especially recently being that AMA has taken the helicopter section and only now do every other magazine 
I think that's what they said that they're doing now. Yeah, they've done that with a bunch of stuff, though, I noticed. Yeah, but why? Uh, I don't know. You know, is it the cost of printing the magazine? I don't know. You know, maybe. then maybe don't print that stuff and like print it, but have the electronic version have more all of it. You know, maybe just put a blurb in the, the printed magazine saying, hey, go check out our online version for more helicopter. Uh, these are articles, these additional articles mm-hmm. that you can view. Um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, I just anyway, so I just feel like just like, oh, well, we're just going to cut out. We'll just do half of this, half of that, half of this. But they're not doing half of airplanes. That's still full 100 percent, right? Well, no, there's different disciplines of airplanes that's went to, to buy every other magazine also i mm. can't remember but there's there's a couple different ones it's all somewhere so it's haley they've cut like like haley's a discipline of model aviation right mm-hmm. and then uh it was so it's like yes yeah, you know, planes and scale yeah. planes sail planes mm-hmm. 3d planes all that stuff yeah. a bunch of it has went into a rotation where every other magazine has I wonder, is it maybe content-based? I'm wondering if it's lack of content. Yeah. Like, they just don't have enough to produce a magazine to have that content every... Exactly. Well, and I got to imagine that producing a magazine in this day and age is more... uh, Just draining money, really. I mean, it's costly. Yeah. When when nowadays, the digital one is so much better because you can click on links, you can watch videos right there, you're on your iPad... Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed let's that Let's be one honest. Time. Everything that that's ever been wrote in the magazine in the last two three years, everybody already knew about on Facebook. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. new models and new news and stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah. old news by the time the magazine comes out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. print is kind of dying. I mean, we all know that. Like you know, newspapers, magazines, they're all going out of business. But I love it. I mean, I love sit down with an actual magazine in my hand. You know, I still get yeah. popular mechanics and stuff. And nice. Read them every time, it, but it's a shame that they're going away. Yeah. Yes, Mine's usually is. on the, the the can, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Got, got I look my magazines. And I'm yeah. done. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Podbean people. What do we got? People of Podbean. We have a few people of Podbean. That uh, liked an episode called 174 Spring Fling 2019 recap. And they are Jay Phil Guest, Heli Fun, Gray Eagle Jr., Mike Welch, Jared 4454, and JW John 5555. All like that episode. And um, Sporty A4059 liked episode. 173 spring crack and fling and an older one which uh, i was going to mention earlier we were talking about governors uh 169 with nick maxwell nice awesome thanks everyone uh let's see Podbean comments we have two four days ago <clears throat> let's cue that music here gray eagle jr said or wrote to us Brave Knights of the Heli Table, I come in pieces. Some assembly required and needed. Scare you not, intentions of speaking none, for I am friendly human being, B-E-A-N, of helis that I enjoy with love. You're speaking of the Virginia Place sounds of tastic fans, go I need to, 
While nut basket, my fruit brains are malicious danger chicken. I will not predator. <laughs> Do I speak on your stratopodic strato podcaster? Agent of consulting, I will do. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see. Great episode. Uh, Jared4454, two days ago, says, Great episode, guys. Steve, get you an R2 buffer pack for your Kraken. I did, Jared. If you actually notice the four uh, Kraken, you know, the, the picture of the four Krakens at Spring Fling, you'll see one of them has a little additional tray on the back landing skid with a little white three cap system there you said you put that on there so i'm gonna call jared out you should listen better oh <laughs> ouch <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah i'm just i'm just bust balls <laughs> yeah no so but i have and ever <laughs> since that i have not experienced any issues and and what's kind of funny is that um i mean this isn't the first helicopter I've ran Scorpion ESCs. Like, I run them on my Black Thunder. But my Black Thunder, from day one, I've had that. I never, like, you know, ran it without it. Even back when I had the Hobby Wing, I used to have it. Um, the one thing I want to mention, though, like, if this is a known issue, um, Hobby Wing comes with a little cap. I don't know the size. I don't know the, the numbers, the UF, whatever, I mean, whatever that, that you know, uh, specs are but if scorpion knows that this is an issue why not provide something like hobbywing does where to provide that single cap on a servo lead mm-hmm. i'm just saying like you know yeah, if if, yeah. if this is a known thing and it only happens you know i mean and the other solution is you can run an opti bc card but that's a lot of wiring and i don't know if you guys ever wired up an opti power bc card but it's a pain in the butt. You got like these wires, and if you have two wires coming off your BC, you have to add two of those to your helicopter. Like it just no, nah, it doesn't really make sense to like that 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 method of EMF filtering or the um you know the voltage increase that happens when servos move really quick or some servos move really quick. Um, you know the cap is pretty much the best way, and it's very lightweight and small. And you know, I mean, it's not that small, but it's very lightweight. And it's not a it's not a huge footprint. So I don't, I you know, I don't know. Like a single cap can fix it. Then why not just provide a single cap? How much overall yeah. cost is that going to cost? You know, do you think that would solve it? A single cap like the Hobby Wing uses? I don't think it would hurt. I think no, it it's might. not going to hurt. But I wonder if it would. I mean, that. people are saying that the R2 BC shut down on the Scorpion thing. So I'm talking yeah. About. So basically, the the BC shut down. What what happens? Just to, the gist of it, right? Like you know, crude mm-hmm. crude explanation is that um, certain servos give out an EMF field, like an you know. Um, so they basically backfeed voltage into the servo line, right? To your to your flybars, you know, to your ESC. So what ends up happening is when you're moving the servos really quick, it draws some electricity, but it also outputs some of that electricity back. And the voltage increases on the BEC channel, on the on the ESC. When that voltage spikes, the BEC freaks out and says, "I don't want to blow up. I'm going into sh- I'm going into voltage shutdown, and it just shuts off." So what a cap would do, it would absorb that additional voltage, and then also give it back out if the voltage decreases. Right. So it kind of regulates your your uh, it smooths out your your spikes you know your your voltage your bc voltage 
So when it, when your voltage drops, it provides extra. When your voltage spikes, it takes that extra. So in turn, it should theoretically take care of that problem. I don't know if a single cap would do it. I'm running. Yeah, I was just wondering because the one in the hobby wing is not very big, but uh, they stick it in there, so that's probably what it's for. Yeah, I mean something like a the R2 buffer unit will definitely take care yeah, of it. You that's need that's something like that anyway on a 700. I mean, you need a backup. Yeah. So. You know, so I don't know. I, I you know, you could either program the ESC to not like to ignore that, but then potentially you know, have ESC failures, like real failures where it burns out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you put the safety measure in, but then you have to put something to kind of buffer that um, right. from happening again. So, you know, in my opinion, I think it's not, it's the R2 buffer pack, in my opinion, is one of the best backup cards you can get, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Um, you know. There, you're right. Scorpion could add a a dollar fifty capacitor in the... I mean, and at that, that like, quantity, know. because they, they use caps, so they can yeah. just Purchase them at like whatever penny. Probably something. costs like yeah. It probably costs like twenty cents to buy that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe in the future, let's see what George does because he could be like, yeah, this is an issue, and we're we're working to resolve it. Maybe he's working to resolve it in a different manner than mm-hmm. that. You don't even need a cap. That maybe right. he'll, it could put an internal uh, yes block filter in it or something. Exactly. Yes. That that will expel all that extra stuff out. You know, who knows? But yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, the problem is, it's at least it's it's not a mystery anymore. Because that's the worst, right? Not knowing why this thing's happening. That thing that's way worse than finding out what's happening. And there's a work workaround for now. And eventually, I'm I'm sure Scorpion will do something about it. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, iTunes review. There's nothing new on iTunes. All right. All right, I guess I'll take the outro this week since I've been kind of pawning it out to everyone else. <laughs> so here we go. All right. <laughs> should I go really, really fast? <laughs> you should. Okay. <sighs> Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Emails at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com says freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrc podcast. That show. That show. They had a Chris Freiberg. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Okay, uh, flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than the flight test podcast, free forcey podcast, sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Uh, Pat and Mike. Yes. And shout out to Dave. Yep, definitely shout yep. out to Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi. Uh, fellow podcasters, RC Helly Hooligans podcast. Walt Ned. Teleroder podcast. Mike, Mike, and Shaggy. RC After Hours. Mike, Fitz, and Lee. Mike, Mike, Mike. No, uh, Mike, Mike, Chris, and Andre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BKRC podcast. Burton Kyle. RC Roundtable. That's Fitz Terry and Lee. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Mike. <laughs> Is it just one person? Yeah. Oh, wow. And he's a knight, Sir Mike. Um, and our buddy Bill and YouTube Bill and channel. YouTube can tube. YouTube. But not everyone can Bill Ann. But not everyone is Bill Ann. Thank God. You should mention the new high voltage is out. Bobby oh, Watts. yeah. yeah, yeah. Bobby Watts is back. From, from Bobby Watts. Did, yep. did you guys listen to that episode? I did. I'm not big into the whole drone stuff, but it's quite interesting, interesting to talk idea. about pretty, yeah, pretty hydrogen, cool hydrogen about. fuel cell, mm-hmm. power flights, increase your capacity and your flight time 
without yep. doubling your weight. Like th- those key yep. points to me yep. are like, wow. Yep. That's cool stuff. Yep. yep. I you listened know? to it today. It's pretty yeah. damn neat. Yeah. We'll never see really any benefit in the RC heli or airplane, probably. You know, but um but I think in a drone industry, the the professional commercial drone like you know, photography, like these big survey drones, these big movie production drones. Dude, I think this is leaps and bounds of technology ahead. Mm-hmm. As long they as they can, can do it there. safe, dude. Yeah, of you course. You don't want to have yeah, no flying above your head. and Yeah. Drones have a bad enough name as it is. Eh, ain't no, yeah. ain't going to be much worse than a, uh, a Lapo. I mean, you're I talking know. about a, a 20, 30,000 million power lapo i know still but that's a big fire but like what's what happens if a hydro tank explodes well, it's like i said the tanks it's not gonna explode come on no no you said they're dropping those tanks from 300 feet and they don't even rupture and it's such a small amount if it did explode True. who cares yeah i mean we're not talking about a hindenburg size tank of helium or hydrogen i don't know these claws get pretty damn big no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I think the danger is definitely, you know, it's it's reasonable for, you know, as an alternative, right? Like the the mm-hmm. dangers of light bulbs. I think it's freaking fantastic myself. But I just I think, think that it's revolutionary. See. Yeah, I but I I firmly believe this is going to be like, mm-hmm. as he says, game changer in his industry. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. game changer. So yeah, definitely take a li- uh, listen to. Now wait before I say that was it. Uh, live or YouTube or something. It was video? some sort of video. Okay, because YouTube. he kept on referencing the video like, and video. look at this and look at that. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like I'm listening to a podcast. I can't see any of that. But yeah, definitely check out the uh, Bobby Watts High Voltage Podcast. All yep. right, I think that's about it. Want to thank all our listeners for participating. Let me get those marbles out of my mouth for listening. Yeah, <laughs> for listening to us, bunch of knuckleheads, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next time. All right. Love you, and Bill. <laughs> and during this, uh, yeah, and if you're you're on YouTube and follow us, Where's I thought the, about getting a fireball. Where's the goon stuff? I thought you had a fireball. Didn't you have a fireball? Oh, you had what? the comet. Oh, yeah. What did you do with your comet? The mini comet. I saw it. I never flew it. I don't well, know. What you think it. you'd fly a fireball? Um, Because of the name. Fireball. He just wants to go fireball. Fireball. Fireballs. It's not fireballs. <laughs> It's fireball. Yeah, but it's Steve. He's going to buy two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ron's probably got fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even see it in here. I got fireballs once. Had to go to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. I know. You're, we're still getting calls from the doctor's office about it. You get a <laughs> shot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> in the army, they tell you to pour lighter fluid on it. But don't freaking get next to any matches or open flames. <laughs> I guess not.
Then you will have fireballs. You will have fireballs. <laughs>